listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Katz and Mike Green. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We're back again. Episode. And they're back. Mm-hmm. It's another week. A lot going on in the cannabis world. There is. Well, there As is. usual. As usual. We've got a global audience, dude. Did you see that? Hello, world. We love you. <laughs> the world. The whole world, man. Like, on, We're on a yes. bunch of different continents now. That's pretty cool. Fantastic. What we got going on? We got India and China. We haven't been censored in China yet. You think? Yeah, that's amazing. Man, there's a whole slew of them out there. Um, According to the web stats in the past month, where are they all from? India, Netherlands, Ukraine, Poland, Finland, United Kingdom. Yeah, I can't believe we're not censored in China yet. Dude, I've been to China. I went to China. And Jamaica, man. Yep, they're listening in Jamaica as well. Hello, Uh, Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, I went to China. I never smelled a single puff of pot smoke anywhere. No? No. It just started out there, and then we, like, took it and and brought it into the whole, you know, a different hemisphere. I was scared to take herb there because, one, I'm scared to fly with it. It's not a good idea. And two, because I was like, what? I wonder what happens if you get caught with pot in China. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. You again. <laughs> right. I wonder if they're... So we, we got a visitor from China. I hope they don't chop your fingers off for Googling us or whatever you, you did. But uh, best of luck over there. It's kind of a crazy place. I recommend everybody go see it. You should see what it's like in the country that's taking over the world. Oh, what a gorgeous place. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, filled with life and pollution. Mm-hmm. It was, the air was the yeah. worst I've ever. I mean, people talk shit on LA's air. Come on, not even comparable to some of the places in China, dude. Can't they, cram twenty million people into a city and not have some serious funk floating through the air. Funk, dude, funk. But apparently, it's gotten better. <laughs> They're not burning as much coal, but they're a huge coal country too. And I mean, the stacks were giant, man. They, oh. I played soccer in the street one day and then went back to the hotel and puked all night long. Up black shit out of my lungs. It was not. Oh, that's nasty. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad, dude. There's no amount of of chronic smoke you can do that that compares to just running in the streets of China. Some places during certain times, the streets of China just breathing in their air. It was pretty pretty raw, you know. But, uh, But on a bright note, Hong Kong is gorgeous at night. Hong Kong is a fun place to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought Hong Kong was off the charts, man. I think it's, it's, I mean, I went in the summer over there where it was really hot. Hey, and the one thing that was crazy about China is you travel from one end to the other and it's all in one time zone. So in one place, it's like decent hours. And then in one place, it's like light out until two in the morning. You're like, what the fuck? It's light out. It's two in the morning. What's going on here? You know, you start like, is it like Alaska here? You know, where it's light all the time. It's just that their, their time's all screwed up because it's all one time zone, the emperor's time zone or whatever, something to do with that. That's their whole the emperor. The emperor has his own time zone. Well, it, it I mean, meaning they keep the time the same time that it is based off of right. the GMT thing or whatever, um, uh-huh. where their capital is, or maybe it was even where their like historic capital. I think it was Beijing though. But um, I didn't know that. 
You didn't know that? No. I didn't know that either, man. Very interesting. Yep. Want to hit up Google and check the rest of that out. Totally. We're all about trivia here. Chunk Norris is sure. going to be in the house soon, giving some trivia for people. His, tell us about this Chunk Norris. Chunk Norris is my homeboy. He's uh, I run into him from time to time. He's uh, he's a um, big martial artist. He's into to Chunk Fu. And... Uh, yeah, he's uh, um he's gonna be around, dude. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be on the show. He's gonna show up occasionally, and he's gonna be uh, uh, telling nice. us his story and uh, giving us some good um, some good tips. And uh, we're gonna be giving away stuff at some point in the future when Chunk finally arrives. I wouldn't. He's a busy man, you know. He's just gonna show up eventually, and uh, he'll be around. And I also bumped into Kiefer Northerland. He's coming too. <laughs> Rock. Yeah, dude. They're gonna be on the show. Um, and, uh, it's just a matter of when, but they're going to, they're going to bounce in and out from time to time. Kiefer Northerland. Kiefer Northerland. Does he have a, yeah, he's on the critically acclaimed show, um, 420, 24, 7, 365. Yep. That's his story. And, uh, he'll bring the, he'll bring the funk (laughs) and chunk will bring the chunk. All right. All right. Yep. (laughs) Look forward to that. Yep. Uh Um, yeah, so the global audience is uh, off the charts, man. We're st- we're stoked mm-hmm. to be uh, get- getting you know hits from around the world. But uh, absolutely, welcome cannabis world. Yes, uh, but most of our hits come from across the U.S. Uh, we've been having visitors, of course, from California, Wisconsin, Illinois, Colorado, Kentucky, Florida, Ohio, Texas, New York, Nevada, Indiana should be on there too. Um and mm. uh, but no Oregon and we we talked what's a lot. up with that yeah we talked how a is lot. that even possible I don't know I mean that's I've we're gonna take care of that this weekend we're going <laughs> yeah we are we're going to the String <laughs> Cheese Incident Festival at Horning's Hideout this uh, coming weekend uh, nice. so uh, we're gonna promote the show and um, we're gonna do our best to uh, bring in some Oregon listeners and and figure that out man because we talked we talk about Oregon you know there's stuff going yeah on. we love Oregon we man do. it's a crazy anomaly we'll have to figure out that thing. Speaking of Oregon, the normal conference uh, is going to be in Portland mm-hmm. on September 9th through the 11th um, at the historic landmark Governor Hotel. Uh, it's a super, super good uh, public transportation friendly city. You can get around really easy mm-hmm. there. You really don't even need a rental car. Um, of course, if you want one, you can get around with it as well. But uh, public transportation is very friendly. Um, and, uh, it's just, uh, you know, what's the whole deal with the normal conference? You, you talked about it a little last week. What's, uh, what's, uh, yeah, it's what's going, it sounds like it's going to be a great time. And I think, I believe it's the Sunday, um, after the conference, there's a uh, hemp stock is going on there. It's a huge, it's, I think it's their biggest, uh, hemp related, um, event that happens in Oregon every year. And it's, uh, it's happening right there in Portland. And I mean, Portland's already a, a pretty happening city to visit. I mean, they've got tons of nightlife, all kinds of music, and there's a, quite a scene there. So, man, it should be an amazing time, I would imagine. Do you think it's going to be uh, puff herb friendly? You think we'll be oh, puffing in the streets? We'll Look, be- their public transportation is kind in, in Portland. Everything is kind in Portland. Portland's a place where they like get together and go, hmm, how are we going to do this project? Wait, you, well, you can, let's have, let's have, let's have less buildings downtown and more parks. You can smoke that weed on the sense. bus. You, are you saying kind as you can smoke weed on the bus? <laughs> no, dude? it's just, it's just, tr- it's just friendly. 
Oh, it's I, friendly. I like that term, kind. kind. It kind of refers to like pot friendly, I guess. It's kind. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, I'm sure if you're you're a little bit you know red eyed, they're not going to be like, "What are you doing on the bus?" You could smoke a good. doobie on the corner of a street in downtown Portland and not really get we, we would, too much. We would encourage, you know, if, if it's within the law, of course, we would encourage people to be as baked as possible while riding public transportation. <laughs> in, in Just please, drivers, abstain. Please, that's all. You know, as long as you're, as long as you're driving our bus, fight the urge to hit the bomb. Oh, that's one of those those things I've read somewhere. Prop 19 means that you can use weed whenever you want in California. You could use it right before work, right during your break, that's, whatever. Our school Damn. bus that's drivers will be smoking pot and driving our kids around yeah. without seatbelts yeah. on. <laughs> right, just just like they're all drunk on whiskey all the time right, right. now. Right. <laughs> That's why they're you no. Know, right now they're on quaaludes. Shit, they'll have to they'll have to switch to cannabis. <laughs> That's why a healthy it's a healthy choice. We could promote that. <laughs> Jeez. That's why people should come to the normal conference in Portland and uh uh-huh. learn. Yes, come and get educated and really stoned and have a great time in a beautiful <laughs> city. Absolute memory Next, file. September is a beautiful time to be in Portland too. It'll be absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Maybe we'll see you there. Maybe. I think we're going to be there, Jamie. Yeah, you going um, is it maybe? It's a little tentative. We'll see. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hopeful maybe. We'll see that see how that works out. Well, the cannabis agenda will be there. We will do something. We'll have a presence. Yeah, we're pretty sure we're going to be there. So, it'll be cool. Um, looks like we got a big contest here for some lucky person. Some lucky <laughs> lucky person. Huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. We don't we don't really know, you know, if our audience how how much our audience will be into this 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 sort of thing, but we're hoping maybe we'll we'll get some new audience members. Yeah, we're about we're putting it out there. Putting uh, it out there. Yeah. This is a big put out there um, and we're hoping to gather uh, some new new listeners from this uh Giveaway. What we're giving away are fish tickets, two nights uh, at Telluride in Colorado. It includes uh, two tickets to both nights for the show, two parking pa- camping passes, right? Yep, two camping passes. And um, what you do is you send it's, us what? Anything else? What? It's an opportunity to buy them. Yes. Right. Yeah, we should be clear about that. We're too broke. We're too broke to give away this yet. We're trying to start getting <laughs> well, giveaways for things. But this thing sold out in like moments after they became available. Oh yeah, so this, this is, is at face really value too. You can buy these tickets yeah. online for hundreds and hundreds of dollars each now. I mean, I know that I saw like tickets to the Greek going for like three hundred a pop, dude. Yeah. So we're giving away two two day passes and camping passes, so you don't have to drive, folks. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, uh, what's that raffling, uh, the opportunity to buy those for $300 for the whole package. So you don't, in the raffle, you just send us an email with your contact info or just an email. What what are they? No email. You're going to go to cannabisagenda.com slash fish. Fish. Mm P-H-I-S-H. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh. And then you just enter a form there. Yeah, you'll have a little form. Uh, we'll get your email. We won't spam you. We're not going to send your email to any advertisers or anything like that. And then you'll be randomly selected. When? Uh, within a week. You need to have your entries in by next Monday, which is August the 2nd, if I do believe so, if I... Yeah, I'm correct. Hey, this is the Telluride show, right? Yeah, this uh-huh. is going to be... Telluride, Colorado, on August 9th and 10th. It's going to be off the charts. Oh, dude. Man, it's a did, sick place to see a show. Yeah. Did did we mention that at the 
the Telluride. I think we skipped right over that at the beginning. I mentioned that it was a Telluride. You did? But I didn't, ex- I mean, for those of you that don't know much about Telluride, it's a beautiful mountain town. It's in, amazing. Yeah, in Colorado, right? Colorado, yep. Super West, beautiful place. Western Colorado. How far from Denver is it if you're ne- needing to fly in? Don't know that. Yeah, it's it's within you know a quick drive, though, I'm pretty sure. I think it might be five hours from Denver. Oh, really? You Maybe. want to fly into Telluride? Then. You can fly into Telluride. I know that. Wow. So, uh, yeah, anyone out there that's listening and uh, wants to do Globally. this trip, yeah, we're going to... We are going to hope to get people listening to the show just to try and figure out how to win these tickets and then see if we can uh, get you guys to listen some more. So, yeah, so uh, go on that website and um, check it out. Again, our, our, our website is uh, just uh, cannabisagenda.com, and you said then it would be backslash fish. You know, people always call it a backslash, but it's actually not. It's a forward slash. Oh, mm-hmm. well, let's confuse people right now. So it's leaning <laughs> in the direction you type, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But the backslash is the other one, the pe- the one that people don't use. And then the, the regular slash is the one that everyone uses all the time. Okay. Slash <laughs> fish. <laughs> Fill out the form. You got a chance to win. Then you'll need to pay by PayPal within 24 hours of your confirmation email. Yeah, and we'll let you know how to do that if you are the winner. If you're the winner, we'll totally tell you on the through the email. Um, another way to get a hold of our, our, our email is... Um, Cannabis Agenda. No, no, sorry. It's info at cannabisagenda.com. You can also hit us up on a phone, um, 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N. And please, please uh, check out our um, Twitter account, Cannabis Agenda. Um, Also be a fan on Facebook. We're really trying to grow both of those to start getting the word Mm -hmm. out more. And um, if you want, you can subscribe on iTunes, and these will be you know put onto your iTunes as soon as they're... Um, available online and it'll make it easier for you to listen to the show of course you can listen to the show though directly from the website if you'd like as well so moving on this week california lots to talk about in california always um kind of feel like sometimes we just kind of skip by what the scene is actually like in general from a we, bigger perspective. We cover the stories and the nitty yeah. gritty on the stories, but not a good overview. Sure. I kind of feel like if we, you know, a lot of people may hear this and then we're talking about stories as if they're totally privy to the whole scene in California. And some people may be and some people may not, but they've seen this or that on MSNBC or CNBC or they've heard of the Emerald Triangle or they know that we have dispensaries and whatever. But I just feel like we kind of just brush over it and assume that in in some ways, almost like we're talking too directly just to activists, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's um, to get people involved with what's going on, having an understanding of what really goes on in California, I believe is a pretty big deal because California and Colorado, in my opinion, are are the leaders in cannabis uh, in in America, right? And in the world, really. (laughs) Moving forward. In a lot of the cases, yeah. Moving forward, right? Like kind of... uh, you know, they're the big players in the U.S. who are really trying to become major cannabis economies. And mm-hmm. um, California, basically, how it's, uh, how it's gone down is um, in the 70s, uh, the state government took a different view on pot. Um, and they started looking at it more of like a minor, uh, you know, minor issue. They didn't, they didn't think of it as such a big deal. It wasn't a priority anymore as far as 
people consuming it. So in the mid-70s, sometimes they, at some point, I, I don't remember the exact date or anything. I don't think it matters. But in the mid-70s, they, uh, they um, made it to where if you got caught with less than an ounce of pot, um, it was a ticket that is a misdemeanor. So it was still a misdemeanor, but they didn't even like take you to jail for it or anything. Unless there's probably a bunch of other issues involved or whatnot. But just for the pot ticket, it's been like that ever since. Um, in 1996, California voters uh, passed um, an initiative called uh, Proposition 215, which um, made uh, California the first state in the nation to have legal medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um and along with that has come a lot of other decriminalization. And now we're even talking about uh, the Senate, right, Jamie? Um, they're talking about amending the seven, the law they made in 75 to where it won't even be a misdemeanor anymore. Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's uh, – Did I think that's gone through. It's gone through. And, uh, so yeah. in California, if, if, if it did go through, uh, now if you get caught with less than an ounce of pot, it's simply a ticket – and it's an infraction, which is like similar to a traffic ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, exactly. So, so that's the scene we got going on in Cali now. We've got if you have any sort of chronic pain or serious uh, chronic uh, illness, um, you um, can get a two fifteen card. You can go to a doctor, and they can recommend that you use cannabis for therape- therapeutic needs. And um, what has came from all that is basically a large medical cannabis economy that consists of a lot of growers, a lot of processors, and a lot of dispensaries. And um, over the years since the dispensaries really started popping up, five or six years ago when they started popping up in bulk, local governments throughout the state basically fought back, police forces fought back trying to um, put an end to it, but it has just grown to the point in California where it's taking over and the state is finally starting to recognize it. So um, that's the scene in California currently. There's still a bit of backlash in a bunch of different spots. And now we're to a point where we are considering just outright legalization. In November, we're going to vote on a bill, Proposition 19. Proposition 19 (laughs) will allow cannabis consumption by adults over the age of 21. You can possess up to one ounce of cannabis, which means you can buy an ounce at a time from each retailer. Um, what um, is going to go on from there is uh, the state is then going to set, if this passes, the state will set uh, a regulatory system in place that then allows the counties and cities to further regulate from, from that point on. And it's kind of going to be left in the hands of government like any other industry. And as we move forward with legalization in California, a lot of the industry is changing pretty rapidly. Um, what we're seeing going on now are things like or what's happening in Oakland. Uh, Oakland has always wanted to get as much uh, their hands on as much of the money as possible. So they really regulated their whole scene there, and they only allowed four dispensaries. So Oakland's a pretty big city. There's like, I don't know, somewhere between half a million and a million people, I think, that live in Oakland. And they, they set it to only four dispensaries for the whole area. So when you visit these places, you like wait in these huge lines, you know. But these places have like 10 to 20 bud tenders, which are like tellers, 
at pot banks. If you're, you know, and you go up and you buy your, you buy your medicine from them. Um, so they're pretty big dispensaries. So that was how Oakland started. Now Oakland just passed, uh, they uh, passed, they voted five to two in favor of a plan mm-hmm. to license four production plants. Massive um, plants. Huge, huge plant, uh, plants where it's going to be grown, packaged, and processed. Um, cool. Yeah, they, they passed this thing, and uh, it's kind of a contra- controversial issue. Um, it's the, the companies themselves, these four new plants, will pay an uh, annual fee of $211,000. So, of course, people with money got in are going to be who getting in. And I believe the application process is $5,000 just to apply for one of these, um, one of these licenses. So, um, I just, I, ha- I have to wonder uh, who, who lined whose pockets here, you know? Who, who gets in on these kinds of deals? What do you think? You think it's all already figured out, all already sorted out? There's not really any fallout from it? It's already kind of figured from favors oh, and whatnot. It's hard to say what's going on behind the scenes, but yeah, there's a that's huge potential for a, there's a lot of money going through this process. So I don't know who I don't know how they uh, how they decide who gets in and who get, who who doesn't. Is it first come first serve or how does I, that work? I, how how can you even have? I don't know. I, I imagine that they're gonna say, well, we're gonna read the business plans and the proposals that come from because these are. They're they're talking about this is going to ha- uh, have about four hundred workers and pay at least uh, mm. one point five million dollars in taxes each year. Produce almost fifty pounds of uh, high grade pot every day, and uh, they're going to have to spend three million dollars in liability insurance and pay taxes on all their sales. Oh. So um, these are this is big time bucks plus the two hundred eleven thousand dollars per year fee plus the five thousand dollar application and, fee. And hey, will uh, will those employees be the union members? Um, well, there's going to have to be uh, unions. I mean, the the, uh-huh. the bud tenders union is different. That was what we reported on in Oakland many right. shows back. There's currently a union forming through some sort of food workers union uh, related um, sort of union, and it's a union. This new union is an offshoot of it. It's specifically for the bud tenders who again Mm -hmm. are the tellers at the pot banks basically yeah and um uh these these grows though are going to be like the size of two football fields and in in, uh empty industrial buildings yeah it's gonna they're gonna be huge each one yeah and they're all using artificial light so they're they're totally um you know they're totally gonna be uh on the grid plugged in cha-ching oh Right, solar, not even, not even solar, man. Um, Yeah, it's not. I don't. This is a straight in the grid. Carbon credits, carbon credits. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, What's what's a carbon? Oh, they'll all they will offset their CO two use by buying carbon credits. Is this a California thing? No, this is no. It's a national cap and trade. Cap and trade. This is this is a whole nother thing. We shouldn't really get into it, but right. That's what they're going to have to do because of how much power they use yeah well that's what they'll do because they use so much power to make it a little more politically palatable or uh, uh i'm i'm firing up consumer. my email yeah this is these i'm are, suggesting solar you're suggesting it matt you don't think solar is efficient enough to run a indoor operation that size do i you? think using solar to grow 
plants by taking the sun <laughs> and running it through weird photovoltaic panels, using a bunch of Stupid. batteries with chemicals, losing a bunch in the process only to power photosynthesis. Some weird ass ballast things with <laughs> with bulbs with freaking heavy metals in them is not a really efficient process. You don't think you can really ever be and green it doing it. Purpose. Yeah, it's a joke. It's calling calling it, indoor pot green is a joke. You're redirecting photosynthesis through this crazy other process that requires so many fucking chemicals and processes and inefficient processes. Oh my god! Instead of just using the solar energy right there on the plant leaf, great old fashioned photosynthesis. It works, folks. <laughs> it really does. It do, it does a body good too. We you know I mean pass it on. Pass it, try try it out. Like uh, it it really does work well. Um, yeah, so that's one huge issue with this. They're they they want to become pot factories down in the city. Um, and they want to put supply, I believe that now this, I'm having trouble finding this. I don't know if these pot factories are simply going to be there to only supply the four dispensaries in, uh, the Oakland area. I have a feeling that they're growing way more pot than is needed just for, for Oakland. Yeah. 58 pounds a day from one of these places. Do you think there's... There's four of them. There's no way they sell... That Oakland sells 50... Do you think Oakland sells 50? Over 200 200 pounds a day? day? Wow. No way. (laughs) I mean... I I, I don't... You'd have to run the numbers, honestly. But I really don't think that... For a half a million people? No way, dude. Yeah, maybe... To, that's I, we, we got to run the numbers. We've got to run those numbers. Uh-huh. That's a very important part for here, us here. Matt, you can work on that, can't you? Mm-hmm. Um, Two hundred pounds a day, and there's five hundred thousand people. And even if every single person took bought weed every day, uh, how much could they possibly do if they took if they all did like a gram or an eighth or? Um, okay, we're figuring that out, people. Um, it's actually it's a uh, it's point one four pounds per per per. Each of Oakland's half a million people per year. Point one four pounds per. Which so no, <laughs> <laughs> they don't sell two hundred pounds. So they're gonna be they. I, they could. I'm. Point one four pounds is times. not. It's a couple ounces. People go through that in a year. Maybe not everyone in Oakland. Every though. day, man. Every no, day. no, 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 no. That's that's per year. What is fifty eight pounds per year? No, 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 no. The calculation of 58 oh. pounds per year. Oh, per day. Per day. Per person. Divided by the number of people turns into 0.14 pounds. Well, uh, we're getting, we're getting, that's more realistic. We're getting nerdy here, but uh, I'm going to make an assumption right now. I'm just going to go ahead and call it out. They're not going to. It's not all for, for Oakland? No. Just a, just a guess, dude. Uh, but, but, but. They will be selling exclusive. Uh, one of the, I think one of the deals with this is that the Oakland, Oakland wants a lot of that weed to go to the dispensaries, right? They're trying to force the dispensaries in Oakland to start changing the ways that they purchase weed. The four dispensaries? The four, dis- Five? The four dispensaries. But, but for instance, here, I've got a quote from Steve D'Angelo down here, um, and he is the owner of, uh, or the... You know, he's manager, I think. Whatever. Operating manager. He's, yeah, he's the CEO, CEO equivalent to the uh-huh. CEO and the founder of Harborside, who's one of the dispensaries in uh, Oakland. And they also have one in San Jose. Um, and uh, here's what he says about this because he fe- it sounds like he's leaning towards, well, this is going to push the small growers out, and that may not be a good thing. And this is a very big uh, 
big issue that a lot of people in the industry are worried about, corporations taking over and starting to take the dollars from small entrepreneurs. And this is what uh, Steve D'Angelo had to say. He says, these growers are not anonymous miscreants burning down houses and bringing crime to neighborhoods. They are real people, decent people with families to support. So he sounds a little bit worried. Um, his, dis- his dispensary, which is the largest in the nation, buys mm. from more than 400 different growers. Jeez. So that's 400 people just for his dispensary that, that he you know helps support to some degree. Um, and now they m- are maybe going to force them to start buying through these four companies. Does that even sound legal to you? No, it doesn't to me. What about you, Matt? We talk about that a lot, a lot on the show. Does that does that sound legal? We need a. We need. <laughs> Can I do that? We need some. We need to. Is there anybody out there that's an attorney? That are there any drug attorneys listening to this yet? Probably not. You're too busy defending people who are getting busted all over the country. <laughs> you want job security, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's legal. I mean, the way that I look at it is if like your city decided that. Um, you were going to um, make all of your beer local or all of your medicine local, and then it had to be bought and sold at the retail outlets by the local company, and you weren't allowed to to do it any other way. Um, to me, that sounds very against American values yeah, as far as yeah. business goes. Totally. I mean, people, people, would, people would call that communism. <laughs> Sounds kind of like it, right? I mean, that's, it sounds to me like Oakland just wants to get their, get their hands all over this thing. I mean, and the fewer, the fewer number of hands that they can run all of that marijuana through, the, uh, the more control over it they'll have. Yes, the more control over it they'll have. I've got another story relating this. It's off of uh, MSNBC. It's a Reuters story. It's called High Finance and Corporate Pot California Style. And it's related to this and the... Um, how it's how how this is becoming a very corporate thing, uh, and it has something to do with uh, marijuana Inc., which I believe we talked about at one point, right? Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and um, it's about this too. And here's what this guy says: that's probably going to be getting one of these uh, these dispensaries. Um, Wilcox point out points this guy. His name is um, his name. He's he's a high. T- tech guy where's his name here jeff wilcox a middle-aged clean-cut man who dresses in the bay area casual business attire clean jeans collared shirt and running shoes may be the face of marijuana inc the corporatization of cannabis he's trying he's the one who helped persuade oakland to do this that this was a good thing so um and um what he is saying is is that um, the business model, which is a nonprofit that he's trying to get one of these these grow you know one of these factories, is uh, less of a Google or Apple and more of a Trader Joe's, um, and he's compare so apparently at two at Trader Joe's there are some really nice pretty cheap products you can buy. There's apparently a two dollar bottle of uh, Charles Shaw, Shaw wine the you can get there. Two buck Chuck. That's what it's called, two uh-huh. buck chuck. You know of it? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's um, my, it, of course you big would. Matt. Popular in my family, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the two buck chuck. This is a um, Trader Joe's thing. Um, I live up here in the Emerald Triangle, where we don't have we don't have a Trader Joe's. We just have like co ops and stuff. But uh, the two buck chuck is apparently really popular. It must be pretty good for two bucks. Apparently, get you drunk, Chuck, for two <laughs> bucks. Bet chunk, <laughs> bet chunk Norris would be into that. Um, 
But uh, so this, what this dude Wilcox says is the new two buck chuck will be a forty dollar ounce of pot. What do you think of that? You think he can mm. guarantee forty dollar ounces of pot? Do you? Okay, here's what I wonder. Do you think these guys get their all their info from sites like this, MSNBC? Do you think they're listening to mainstream people tell them about how this is going to work? How can you sell $40 ounces of indoor pot when you have 400 employees to when they're, you know, when there's you, your place has 100 employees? Um, mm-hmm. how, how can you get a, a $40 ounce of pot from indoors? Do I don't I don't think they're getting their information from the media. I think they have people that have run these numbers for them. And I think they believe that that's what they're going to be able to achieve. But do you think these people who are running these numbers are the right consultants? Do you think they're consulting with the right people here? I mean, people that know this industry really. I couldn't tell you honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that they they they're kind of kind of out of their mind here. I don't know how you can make a a business like that run at forty dollars and. And now this is again, these are going along those Rand numbers. And later in this story, which is an MSNBC story, they still point to the Rand study like it's some some sort of authority. Um, and I, I just have a feeling that they're gonna they're gonna be a little they're a little misguided with trying to guarantee forty dollar ounces of weed. Um, but what he was saying is is that the high quality boutique stuff can still be done in um, in their gardens, he explained, whilst the masses will be supplied with clean, controlled, great value product. So this is one of this is one of those guys who really kind of does have the goal of what the industry itself fears. This is one of those guys that wants to come in and sell a generic product. Budweiser. Yep. And he wants everybody, the masses, to buy it. And he doesn't want people to be into boutique, high-end, different strains, all sorts of stuff. This sounds... Surely he's not hes not just supplying to Oakland. He's talking about becoming a major marijuana brand out of an Oakland factory is what it sounds like to me. Um, I think this is what everyone in the industry is freaked out about. As a matter of fact, I know it is. I saw a lot of people on Facebook freaking out about this story. And there's a good reason to... Um, if a city, if cities all over the country, I mean, all over California, start doing this model that Oakland has, how do you even sell weed legally in California? Because they'll be like, oh, we just we buy it from our factories or whatever. And then, I don't know. It's just just really weird to start seeing these large companies already start to open up who who have this goal. Um, I guess it's going to be up to the consumers to decide if that's what they want. Do they want some just generic pot? I mean, currently we've. We've already kind of cultured uh, cannabis consumers in California to want like variety and different types and and not super generic, right? That's what it seems mm-hmm. like to me. Um, I mean, there is a lot of trendiness in the California market, definitely a lot of trendiness. But uh, there's a lot of consumers who are very much into uh, you know trying different flavors and stuff, kind of like beer. You know, beer. There's uh, there's Budweiser. There's all the regulars. Then there's hundreds. And, and there's hundreds the good of, stuff. Yeah, then there's all the good stuff. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. There's all the other um, micro brews and stuff, you know. So this guy's moving forward with that. Hey, Jamie, what do you think about this, though? The big model, where what are the advantages to the big model where you keep all your stuff local in factories? Do you think there's any advantage to it at all? 
forty dollar ounces. Well, on the on the on the <laughs> on the consumer end, <laughs> that's a big, and they might have a heck of a time. I'm kind of uh, curious on how they can pull that off and consistently produce on the production side uh, forty dollar ounces. But on the on the consumer side, oh, well, there's no doubt about it. They'll sell an endless, an infinitesimal amount of forty dollar ounces. Well, and and don't you think that they'll have an easier time regulating and keeping up with the quality of it if they want to and the safety? I think that that's the number one probably benefit that I could uh, I could think of with this this model is that they will be able to have you know because right now they try to regulate and they try to monitor a lot of uh, dispensaries are sending their product to uh, laboratories to have it uh, checked. You know, it's very expensive to do that. And if you have different sources coming through, you have to check everything separately. And it would be a lot easier if you had it all in one place and you could check all of the crop and monitor it all as one unit, one big unit. But I mean, I don't know. I, it's a question of do the do the negatives outweigh the positives? I mean, I'm, I'm nervous about the corporate pot thing. It's the last thing I want. I mean, we have a story coming up later in the show about uh, cannabis patents and all those things. And I mean, I just don't want it to go that way. I mean, it, it, it may be inevitable. I hope that's not the case, but yeah, I'm not looking too forward to, you know, them taking a good thing and, and, you know, trying to grab control of it, full control of it. But yeah, as far as this one goes, I don't know. It's, it's for primarily set up for Oakland. So, I mean, maybe that'll, maybe it'll be uh, a good thing. I think some of it is just time. Time will tell, you know, how this works. Time will time will tell. It's a big deal. I mean, this is you know, it's it's one one of the things about about business in the United States is is that corporations exist. I mean, even small ones that run your liquor store, they're they're little corporations, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and what everyone in this industry is is fearful of are all the control being taken over by by big corporations. Um, so. Uh, people talk about it all the time. They're, they're, you know, especially in the industry, they're really scared about it. Um, and I mean, it, it, there's, there's validity to it. Um, it seems to me like what it's going to make it happen is it's going to make it harder for people that are just in it for, for money to be in it. You're going to have to be dedicated to cannabis to continue on in the industry because you're going to have to compete with big, big bullies on the block like these dude in Oakland that wants to start this, you know, generic mm-hmm. marijuana brand. And, you know, I th- there will be a lot of people that use generic marijuana, I'm sure, just like generic bi- uh, beer, you know? I mean, it's the same, same on the same sort of line. So um, people that want to stick in it are going to have to be the micro brews of pot, you know, for the smaller people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to come together and work together instead of working separately. Because currently in California, how it works is there's all these small growers, lots of them just growing in their garage and getting by and doing very well financially. Or, you know, I mean, not very well. They're not making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're not profiting that. They're, it's a it's a pretty expensive business to run to grow marijuana in a garage because electricity is expensive in mm-hmm. California. So. There's a lot of overhead, but there's all these small businesses, you know, all these small, lots of small businesses. And um, kind of what the legalization is going to do is it's going to force a lot of these people to kind of work together to figure out how to cut costs, make it more efficient, um, have a steady product um, and figure out how to make a name. And I guess here's what, do you think that legal pot's going to be closer to beer or closer to wine? industry. Mm. What do you think? 
Uh, well, I would certainly hope that it would lean toward the wine side. I mean, it, it's you know, hopefully it's a it's a kind of sewer. Well, I guess the two buck chuck is not really. It's kind of right there with the beer, the beer idea. But, sure, uh, but even though the two buck chuck is so popular, so are you know fifty dollar bottles of whatever, and you know trips to Napa Valley and and Mendocino County mm-hmm. and Sonoma County, and uh, where people buy cases of wine directly from the wineries and. All those wineries, wine is sold throughout the rest of the state and the world also, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting at is it's like there's a strain. Let's say OG Kush just because it's – or Sour Diesel, you know, the two mm-hmm. popular ones in all the rap songs nowadays. And uh, there's OG Kush, right? Well, in wine, there's Syrah and there's – Cab and there's you know there's uh, Ziffendale and you know there's all these but then there's all these different people that make those and they make they have their vent you know their vintages and this and that 2008's version 2009's version whatever you know um, pot's going to be kind of similar I would think to that rather than beer beer is like a process where they make the same thing over and over ago with over and over again with very similar ingredients and I think that the the wine has a lot to do with the flavor of the grapes, right? The vintage, yeah, the year that they come from, the the weather that they were grown in. Right. One year happens to be better than another. The, mm-hmm. Like when they taste the grape, the grape is better mm-hmm. because of the conditions or the way that it was grown or whatever. And, and pot is going to be, I would think, very similar because, I mean, it's just going to be hard to have this generic same thing over and over again. I'm sure they'll be able to make it, but the the farms, the people that come together and have more like pot farm style that do mm-hmm. uh, outdoor, greenhouse, and indoor, they do all three. And then they, you know, and then they sell their product. Uh, I think it would be, I kind of believe it would be closer to wine, but we will see. Um, I hope so. The Emerald Triangle is really looking to, to spawn sort of an industry like that based specifically on kind of the Napa Valley of Bud is what they're looking for. So I don't know, maybe that could, maybe that could uh, come to fruition. Yeah. You'll have options that way. You can go to the corporate Walmart bud, or you can, <laughs> you know, the Sam's Club of weed, or you can you can go up and have a little, you know, class and sure. You know, enjoy and, some. And, well, and hopefully it won't be impossible to sell Humboldt weed anywhere in California. Hopefully you'll be able to sell yeah. it all over the all over the state too, because you know, I mean. Um, I hope that it doesn't make it so exclusive to where it's like you can only sell out of your 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 butt you know your bud farm or whatnot. Like hopefully they mm-hmm. can be able to sell their products throughout the rest of the state too, brand themselves as a farm and and brand the you know and then do their certain strains as good as they do them and be known for you know, those strains or whatever. And one thing I really 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 strongly hope for more than anything is that they make uh, classic land races available like old school. I mean, the hybrids are great. It's always fun to test something out and find new stuff. But like like Panama Red, oh, my gosh. I think that might be one of the best strains ever in history. And I don't know where it's at. I've had people ask me if I can access some of those, some some beans or find it somewhere. And I, have, I don't know where to get that. I don't know where to find it. And, I mean, I think it would stand up, stand a test against anything that's here to, these days. You know, and I hope they have things like that available. And it doesn't just get so outlandish that you don't even know, you don't even recognize the strains that are coming out. You know, they're called Walla Walla Tree Fucker or something. It's like, what the hell? What? 
the hell is that, man? Well, I don't even know what that. Well, what? Well, the thing that's trippy about cannabis seeds, and speaking of cannabis seeds, we will be talking about Mark Emery later in the show and updating everyone about what his situation is. But uh, um, <clears throat> the thing that's crazy about seeds is there apparently are only like fifty super stable genes out there right now like super stable ones that people can cultivate time and time again and get a similar product over and over and over and then there's hundreds upon hundreds of other ones that don't end up being stable yet they're still sold in the market and people try them a couple times and get through them and try and cross them and this and that but they don't end up being stable so um, I, I don't think there's as many actual like types as everyone thinks but it'll it'll definitely evolve and people will try to create their own you know farms will try to mess around and create their own genes and have their own special thing but it's kind of up in the air as to how the whole um the whole thing's going to work as far as the patent office goes and everything and you've got a bit of a story on that later and and and, uh, i looked into it at one point too and it 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 doesn't seem like all the like old st- from from my understanding it doesn't seem like all of the old stuff that's been around for a long time is going to be able to be patented or have intellectual property rights on so you're gonna, there's going to be a okay. wide range of things that will that anybody can pick up and start using and start crossing and and stuff so mm. um, and then there will be like limits on intellectual property rights um, to new strains and stuff they'll have to be very They'll have to have some sort of significant difference to be able to be patented. So, um, but then you start getting into things, and everyone is, you know, everyone. A lot of people fear Monsanto. A lot of people in the industry, anyway, in the mm-hmm. pot culture, that are that are hip to like not being down with GMO food and stuff, or uh, you know, freaked out about Monsanto, Monsanto getting into this. And um, you know, uh, at some point, you'll be competing with them too. Um, I guess. The thing about the thing about America is we we don't force people not to compete. We're not like you are not allowed to compete in this industry because we do not like you, right? That's not American, is it? Well, not that's not necessarily American. Uh, you know, that's not American. But uh, America, you know, the the problem we have is like Monsanto is a great great example. Actually, they raided the seed bank. The National Seed Bank, you know, along with other huge corporate interests, and they just, you know, I think it's egregiously uh, wrong-minded to begin with that they could patent life. And, you know, it's 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 ridiculous to me that they could even do that. It's mortifying to me that that's a reality right now. And in, in, in the instant upon when they when the Supreme Court did that, they they just raided the the seed bank, you know, and they just Definitely. were were patenting all kinds of things. So now if if they're growing something like five fields away from you, and it's inevitable, it's nature, you know, the pollen's gonna flow through the wind. That's what it's supposed to do. And it comes over and gets in your plant and then they test a piece of your plant and it has trace elements of their genes, then they can sue you because you stole their genetics. Well but that doesn't so just back- happen. That's not that happened because they I think there was a suit against them for something as well. So it's not like they just go around testing everybody's that's one of those like things that i think is blown up about that whole story they don't just go around testing everyone's product to see if they cross-pollinated their their neighboring farms and stuff there's like one case we need to we need to look into that one case a little yeah bit actually more. there's a lot of cases are there <laughs> there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of a cases lot of- and they do do that they protect their stuff just like coca-cola they're gonna check man they will go and make sure well, that you well, don't have okay well here's here's formula the in, here's in the product here's the problem with that though that's that's a courts the courts and the legend and, and the branch and, and the legislative branches of government not like stepping mm-hmm. up for people 
It has nothing yeah. to do with marijuana. It has to do with like crazy intellectual property like right laws and that, yeah. That law. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, obviously, to some degree, intellectual property rights need to exist, but uh, I don't know. It sounds that that sort of stuff just not doesn't sound right, you know. And it's not no. just like a a reason for for us not to want legal pot. It's like a de- that's a deeper issue than that. That's about those sure. those laws and those rulings, yeah. and and not and, and us figuring out how to change those issues. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but. Um, I guess, I guess we'll, all these things are, are the, what's going to be coming soon if we legalize pot in California and we're going to have to deal with each one of these issues individually within the whole scheme of it. It's not like, oh, we're going to vote it. It's going to be legal and it's all going to be determined the next day exactly how it's going to work. Um, there's going to be all sorts of issues. We're going to, there's going to be issues with how much tax, who's taxed here, how they regulate it. It's the same stuff that's happening all over the state. Um, currently, and we'll have to fight about all those issues one at a time as they come and try and get, a, you know, make it a fair fair industry in the state. Or, or of course, people could just vote it down, which uh, <laughs> is actually a possibility. Um, all the polls I look at, the mar- they're all within the margin of error. And so it's a super, super close in California for Prop 19. It uh, looks like a coin flip, definitely neck and neck. So Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that uh, uh, propositions that that vote um, low early or that vote pretty close to half and half early usually do not pass uh, based mm-hmm. on um, just the the general history of propositions. Yep. yep. So uh, because I guess it's because they've already convinced you know that they have their supporters already and they're the undecideds are more likely to move towards a no camp of of any proposition for that matter. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm concerned about the the sheeple, if you will. You know, once they they, they get to a point where they, if they're if any either side really is successful in impressing upon the masses that this is the way it's going to go, then I think it, people's the the mass of society their t- tendency is just going to assume that that's the way it is and then go that direction. So I hope that doesn't we don't fall prey to that. You know, I hope yeah. people don't say, oh well, it's done, it's not passing anyway, and then they just assume that that's over with. You know, keep a, we have to keep people educated about what's going on. We want I mean, it to pass. Yes, we're we hoping do. it passes. Yeah, it's yep. going to be close though. It's going to be so close, and the and the government's going to throw a bunch of money at it. The ads are going to be you crazy. can bet on that. The ads are going to yep. be crazy, and then it's I don't know, dude. In my opinion, the the industry the industry in California is going to vote no on it fairly heavily so i mean it's 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 one of those things where I, that's the isn't that the weirdest dynamic ever um it is i mean it is. i don't even screwy. know how to explain how weird of a dynamic that is growers siding with the the cops and prison guards yeah yeah <laughs> basically and i mean you know it's because they don't want corporations taking it over and they don't want to have to pay taxes and be you know like legitimate businesses or you know, at least some of them, that's their reasoning. That's their main core reason, you know? And, um, yeah, man, it's an interesting thing. Um, the city of Eureka in, uh, which is the, uh, official, um, county seat of Humboldt County, um, is about to pass. They're finally, they've been working on this ordinance for months and they're going to pass an ordinance, which will allow four large, um, I don't know what large, we haven't defined what large is, but for processing centers where cannabis will be grown, I, I'm assuming indoors, processed, 
and then it will be uh, can be distributed, um, and they they are going to allow each of those four to have two dispensaries. So there'll be eight dispensaries in Eureka, California, a city of about thirty thousand people, um, and we'll see how that works out. But again, another deal where they set a number instead of a zoning limit. It makes me feel like. Uh, it's all lined up. Would you guess it's all, you think it's all lined up? I think it likely is. I think they probably know. Mm. I mean, at least you have a good idea about who they're going to approve. There got to be more than four people, four parties they've talked with who've expressed interest in opening a dispensary there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I, I'm sure that there are people that were advising them on how to write the ordinance. (laughs) I'm just a guess. (laughs) Um, I uh, got another story, more of the crap about it being illegal. Here you go. Police kill a man at a California marijuana farm. This is a story from uh, July 23rd off of CannabisCulture.com. Mm-hmm. A man was shot and killed by Santa Clara, County, Santa Clara County Sheriff's deputies after he pointed a rifle at them in a remote area where 20,000 marijuana plants were being grown. Uh, apparently he was shot. He reached for his uh, gun again, and then they unloaded more rounds into him. Um, the the cops there estimate the value of the twenty thousand marijuana plants to be somewhere between sixty and eighty million dollars. This guy deserved to get shot. What was his deal? Yeah. He pulled a gun <laughs> on him. Right? They, they think that he's. Uh, they think that he was Mexican cartel. That's what they think. But was it on, on. a There's farm? A lot of those. Is this a farm? Or is it really a pot farm, or was it no, in the middle a, of a forest? It's a pretty, uh, yeah, it's a field that they they just put up, and it's a pretty remotely populated area. Um, in uh, what would that be? West, the western side of California. It's pretty. Uh, it's it's in the west portion of the county where kinda, there's not a lot. It's kind of sparsely populated area, and they have a serious problem going on right now with this happening there. Um, there's tons of major, major uh, crops that are popping up there, and they're they're crediting in it. And I don't know how much we trust this information, you know, coming from the law enforcement community, um, as ac- you know, as being accurate or not. But they're saying that they believe that this is is uh, cartel cannabis, and you know, things lead to believe. I mean, there can there's a lot of Hispanic um, individuals that live in California. They could totally be legit and be Hispanic. There's nothing you know about that. But all these guys have been Hispanic um, that have been running these huge giant farms that they're finding, and uh, you know, they're just enormous, like twenty thousand plants, like you said. So they think it would fit. It seems pretty likely that that's what's happening. And uh, you know, it's post nine eleven stuff. It's just so hard to go across the border nowadays. So they decided, well, shit, we'll just we'll just stay over there and grow it. Yeah, it's more more economically efficient for them to just go ruin our national forests and grab random plots of land and throw in right. armed uh, well, uh, armed guards. That it's you know, and then there's all this speculation that a lot of those armed guards and stuff are forced to be over here anyway. Their families are kidnapped and then they're forced into these jobs. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's true. This guy could just some. be scared for his life, you know. He totally. could just been like, "Oh my God, I don't know what to do," and he pointed his gun, and that was it. Yeah, that, I mean, you never, you never know. Like these people could be put into this situation where they're like, "Look, if you die, your family dies, and if you get anyone comes near, near this and you don't kill them, you're going to die. <laughs> so your family will die." And, um, you know, I mean, we don't know, or he could be one of the the masterminds of the 20,000 plants, but my guess would be he's just some random dude, either paid very little or forced into the situation. 
Um, and uh, I don't know that he deserved to die. I don't think anyone deserves to die from marijuana. I think that prohibition is what causes the situation, not um, what mm-hmm. stops it. So, uh, right. you know, but uh, it looks like uh, you got some national news about people, the majority potentially being against prohibition yeah. now, marijuana moving in the right direction. What's going on there? Right, a new national poll. This is from uh, Philip Smith um, reporting on the Drug War Chronicle. You know, we stop, we talk about StopTheDrugWar.org. It's a, it's a great site. If you haven't gone there, go there and check it out. As a matter of fact, they just revamped their entire website, and it's looking really sharp nowadays, so be sure to check that out. Um, they must have hired a decent web guy, and it looks, it looks good. So uh, give, them a, give them a visit if you haven't been there yet. That's StopTheDrugWar.org. This is from their Drug War Chronicle. You can sign up while you're there for this. This is a, a newsletter that's free. They'll deliver it to your email. Issue 641. The story is about a new national poll that found it uh, 52% say legalized cannabis. Um, a national Angus Reid poll was released Wednesday, and they found uh, majority support for legalizing marijuana, with 52% of respondents saying they wanted to free the weed. Um, that figure includes 59% of independents, 57% of Democrats, but only 38% of Republicans. Well, that doesn't surprise me. That's a lot of people, though. The 52% that is a, lot that's of people. a big figure. I would not have expected that. It's huge. It's huge. This uh, 52% figure is almost identical to a December Angus Reid poll that found support about uh, 53%, which is within the statistical margin of error. But uh, the Angus Reid polling finds higher support than most recent polls, which show support nationwide somewhere around in the 40s. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty big news. Which even in the 40s is, I mean, still gaining ground from where it was way back in the day. So moving closer. Right. yeah, yeah, you know, and it's 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 just shadows the whole support for other kind of drugs. I mean, like ecstasy is like ten percent support the legalizing that, and you know the, the 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 numbers for other kind of substances are way 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 lower. And so they're they're getting the difference. That's a good thing. They're under, starting to understand the difference there. That's huge. That's huge. And this might be a good time to talk about uh, the lady. Um, this is a good time for those fifty-two percent. If you're a member of those people that support um, ending marijuana prohibition prohibition it's time to write your um, write your congressman get involved mm. do something um, beneficial for the movement help uh, help us move forward in uh, ending uh, marijuana prohibition um, and here's something what's going on with this lady that um, is being recommended for the lady yeah who, who is she the lady this, well she's, the lady she's a lady question. yeah this, this lady yeah. is a bitch <laughs> that lady is a tramp uh, oh <laughs> oh he's throwing the, the t word around it's w- bit, would you be talking off. about uh, Michelle Leonhart? The person who's being recommended to potentially take over the DEA. Yeah, that would be um, Miss uh, Michelle Leonhart, and this is a this is a pretty uh, scary story, actually. Um, the The president, uh, President Obama, has um, recommended for nomination to be the head of the DEA, uh, Mich- Michelle Leonhart, and there are there is a massive collection of people that have banded together to, to fight this. Um, let me see if I can pull this up really quick. Uh, it's, it's amazing how many people... I know you can go come- on to mpp.org. Isn't that their site? mpp.org? Yes. Uh, yep. You can fill out a... Um, you can sign a um, petition there to uh, for President Obama to not 
to, to not let her be the head of the DEA. That's one way you can do it. Um, so, uh, can, you know, if, if you're not in this, did you, were you saying she had something to do with the pipe dreams thing and all that? She has a, yeah, yeah. anti-marijuana stance, right? Vicious, vindictive lady. She is not, she is very, 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 very negative about cannabis. And she is not open-minded to anything that we have going on. Um, the, the politics involved with this type of thing is, uh, is huge where, you know, they, they try to impress upon these people like Kilgarkowski, the guy that's in there right now, he's, uh, the, the, the current drugs are, he, he kind of takes the hard line. He, he, he plays the government, you know, game the way they want him to do it, but he's, he's a little bit more open-minded. At least, at least he gives that perception that he's a little bit more open-minded where Michelle Lionheart is absolutely not like that whatsoever. She's a hard case. She is after people. If you have cannabis, she's going to lock you up and throw away the keys. She's got that mentality. You know, she's like the, the worst case scenario for someone to lead the DEA. And I don't believe that that organization is meant to be the way that she would, she would have it be if she was in there. Um, MPP stop the drug war um, that we mentioned earlier is, is in there. Um, MPP is in there. SSDP, the students for sensible drug policy, um, drug sense. Um, there's, there's several other national organizations that have banded together in opposition to this uh, nomination. So I would encourage everybody to um, send president Obama a letter, an email, and let him know, hey, look, you know, urge him to to put the kibosh on this whole idea. And it's just a, it's a really negative, um, destructive um, idea to, to go through with. So we hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that it doesn't happen. But um, yeah, that's where we're at with that. It's uh, maybe we should s- get Chunk Norris to take care of this whole problem or Kiefer Northerland. Yeah, chunk, yeah. Chunk will handle the situation. Ch- ch- chunk can take <laughs> care of it, and we can, we can, you know, you know just, just, uh, I'll, I'll give him a call and see if he can handle this shit. All the, all this real, the, the real, uh, outspoken, uh, coalition that that's fighting against this really came after in, in an uproar as a response to the DEA raids that just happened to medical marijuana providers in California, Colorado, Michigan. There's one two weeks ago in Mendo County, I'm sure you probably heard about, and uh, it was it was horrible. It was aimed at the first person to register with their county sheriff under their new cultivation ordinance. And uh, last year, um, after Attorney General Eric Holder issued that memo instructing the Justice Department, which the DEA is part of, by the way, um, not to prosecute medical marijuana patients that were like within the law within their state. Um, this, the the sheriff, uh, okayed the group. Uh, uh, let me see here. A DEA agent reportedly responded to being informed that the sheriff okayed the group by saying, "I don't care what the sheriff says." So that's an example of the type of mentality that Leonhart will bring to this organization. She'll support that kind of behavior amongst her agents in the field. She will encourage and spearhead that type of behavior and, and advance that type of behavior. Yes, absolutely. So uh, it's really important that we, uh, I, don't, you know, I don't know how effective we can be, but we, we certainly can't sit on our hands in this one. We got to tell them, look, man, this is an atrocious idea. This is bad for everybody involved. It's bad for that agency. It's bad for the federal government. It's bad for the people of America. This is a negative, bad, bad idea. So hopefully we can keep this destructive person out of there you know we'll see how it goes yeah it doesn't sound good i'll tell you what's not bad this og kush i'm smoking 
it's good. And if she it's makes it, right, if huh? she's going to make it difficult for me to enjoy enjoy a little cush every once in a while, I'm not for this lady. So people, please step up and do what you can to try and stop this lady from taking over the DEA. Doesn't sound like any fun for me. Save the cush. Yeah, no, it save the cush. <laughs> so so along the same um the same notes I, I i think we've talked about this guy before he's from san diego um james stacy is his name and uh he was arrested i think he was running a dispensary and um his defense his lawyers the defense that he wanted to use was in federal court was uh it, it's called the technical term for it is entrapment by estoppel and um, what it means is when an official grants legal permission to do something and then arrests you for it, uh, you can use that as a legal defense in your trial. So mm. he was arguing that because Obama and um, uh, uh, Attorney General Holder said um, that they would not come after you for running a legal uh, marijuana business in your state as long as you were in compliance with state laws, mm. uh, he was attempting to use that as a defense. <clears throat> Well, there, aren't they trying to say that he actually wasn't following the laws, though? The dis- well, per- perhaps, the but, f- but regardless, the judge won't even allow him to use, just, just this week we hear that the judge won't even allow him to use that as a defense. Which judge? Hmm. Uh, Why this not? Is, this is U.S. District Judge Barry Ted uh, Maskowitz. And it's his. Is it is it at all controversial that he's saying you cannot use that? There's got to be judges with other opinions. Maybe, but yeah. I know he's not going Shame to. Be, on him. He's not going to be allowed to mention medical marijuana at all in his in his trial. Is he going to be able to mention um, entrapment? No, I don't think he's going to be allowed to raise that. He's not going to be able to speak of entrapment I don't, either. Entrapment by estoppel. I don't think well, he's going to be allowed that's to present gonna, that to the They're going to have a very good. Um, I mean, he's going to lose. Obviously, yeah, he's lose, lose this he'll case, lose. and then he'll then they'll go to the appeals court. Right? You know, the, the same thing happened. Was it was it Ed Rosenthal a couple of years ago that that uh, yes uh, that lost his case because he couldn't uh, use medical marijuana as a defense. Yeah, um, yeah, and he was he was he had permission, official permission from the city to to do right. It. Yeah, yeah, the city of Oakland, and uh, it was a mm-hmm. federal federal court, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that that's the reason they wouldn't allow it as a defense. And if I remember correctly, also after the jurors convicted him and got out and found out that he he was actually a medical marijuana, uh, you mm-hmm. know, advocate and operating with with the blessing of the city, I think the jurors were furious. Yeah, several of them were livid. They said, "Man, I am so angry. I don't. I can't even think straight. I can't believe that they just put us through that." And I feel like I was railroaded into giving this kind of a judgment judgment against somebody that was wrong. It was wrong minded and it was fake and it was shouldn't have happened that way. And I I agree with the jurors. I think most of America agreed when all that stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that had something to do with why they kind of softened up on the whole thing and you know didn't really ram it to them too hard. They probably thought, man, that's going to elicit chaos. So anyway, this is obviously uh, continuing news, and we'll, we'll follow uh, Mr. Stacy's case. Yeah, he's yeah gonna, it's going to be a long process for, for that whole to find out where that all ends up. So mm. that's huge. Wow, we were um, that's, that's bad news that, that he, the, they're not, you know, some judges are fighting, out, fighting against the entrapment charge because, I mean, basically... 
The government is that not what the federal government said? You can do this if you do it based off of your state guidelines. Yeah, is that not I, what their fucking message is? Am I, I stupid or I'm something? Saying. No, yeah, it's yeah, exactly how it reads to me. So how the fuck can you get? put in jail for it then i mean this is what they're saying this is what the other side's saying is he wasn't following the laws he was using it to do to do things non you know that are not medical marijuana related or whatever but it, he's not even allowed to use the defense in trial no he's not because he's and what he's saying is is i was told i could do this and they're saying no you can't even tell us that you were told you could do this you can't even talk about the fact that the government said it's okay as long as you do it within your state guidelines. It's okay to do it. And not only that, but he won't even be allowed to bring up the fact that the marijuana is medical at all. Because he can't even talk about medical marijuana. There is, there is no medical marijuana See, under federal law. Here's mm-hmm. a problem with federal law. So federal law does, to some degree, acknowledge that states have different laws. It acknowledges that states have their own laws. Mm. To but then low, you can't talk about your state's laws in federal court just out of black and white rule? That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if you acknowledge as a court system that states have laws that differ somewhat from, from the federal law and that you know day-to-day that's actually okay, meaning they don't say you can't do that federal law only. The feds are going to make all the laws. You can't even make laws at a local level. Federal drug laws. I mean, if you want to really argue about it, they, they might be unconstitutional anyway. <laughs> what? Uh, it, it might be totally illegal for the federal government to tell you you're not allowed to possess a plant. Oh, it might be illegal. Yeah, like off of uh, Unconstitutional. Life. Right, like it's one of our rights that... God gave us. Yeah, maybe maybe the state would have the permission to do that, or the uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm yeah. not a constitutional guy. No, all I know is it just seems messed up, man. It seems messed up to to go to a federal court that recognizes that you know local laws do exist and they're a little different sometimes, but uh, you can't even talk about that. That has nothing to do with this, and nor can you talk about the fact that the federal government told you it's it's okay, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of. Not all the time. Not with crazy rogue DEA agents running around. Got to watch out for those people. Anyway, that's a real bummer. Major bummer. What's up with Dare doing more major bummers coming from Dare? Here's a topic barely worth any of our time, probably. Yeah, this is something. uh, Actually, Mason Tavert kind of took on Dare a little bit. Uh, It's really really an ingenious idea, I think. Um, they had, as the instructors of the drug abuse resistance education, which is what DARE program st- stands for, um, they gathered for their international training conference last week. Um, Mason Tavert, you know, of Safer, the one that produced their, that book, um, yeah. if marijuana, marijuana is safer. So why are they, why are we driving people to drink? Yeah. He, he offered them free copies of the book that details, um, the relative safety of cannabis compared to alcohol. And, uh, you know, because they, Dare is notorious for, for pushing this misinformation down the, th- down the throats of our, into the minds of our children. You know, when people are always scared and playing the child card, the, you know, oh, my the children. Well, we should be scared of that. We should be scared of some authority figure coming in without our knowledge or consent, really. I mean, I think they, get, they let you sign a release form or something like that. 
that says that a dare officer can come. So, I mean, it, it, most people are like, well, sure, an officer's going to come and talk about the dangers of drugs. That's okay. And it, But they, parents aren't there to see what they say and hear what they say. And it's it's really amazing that they, they the way that they handle things. And they, they tell people to, they tell children to inform on their parents and all kinds of oh, yeah, really... If what if if you if you're a parent that smokes pot, you know, and your kid comes home with a dare form, are you going to not sign it? Right. You know, are you going right. to be the parent that doesn't want their kid to go through dare? Yeah. So it's a really sketch situation uh, through and through. In California, Mason- sure. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. Not in Kansas. Totally. I mean, in in California, I'm going to be like, um, he, yeah, he's going to come. <laughs> he's going to get to he's check get out of school <laughs> and hang education. out with dad yeah. when when uh-huh. that when that shit's going down. So. Um, they uh, they offer uh, Chelsea Green Publishing is the people that published his book uh, Marijuana is Safer So Why Are We Driving People to Drink and they uh, they're they're offering all their instructors a free copy of the book so that's pretty cool it explains how all the objective research on marijuana has concluded that it's far less harmful than alcohol and to the user and society and and yet the policies that Dare is pushing are are saying you know. St- strongly to the opposite of that. And I have a little quote there from Dare. This is from the actual official Dare website. And listen to this what this is what they say. And and I got to I have to say that I'm not going to read the whole thing. So I just want to inform people that they are they're talking about the dangers and pitfalls of alcohol. So they are talking about it being a potentially bad thing. But this is literally word for word from their website. It says, take a minute and think how often adults drink alcohol. A cold beer at a baseball game, a glass of Chardonnay with a piece of broiled fish, a gin and tonic on a warm day. Social drinking is an acceptable and pleasurable activity for millions of Americans. It relaxes you, curbs stress, and chases away inhibitions. But if it becomes a regular mechanism to escape troubles and to feel good, it can be an abuse, a dependency, and a severe problem for millions of Americans. Now, what with cannabis does not fit in that? I mean... What do you mean? Like, isn't the same? Is the the same's true with cannabis? Is what you're saying, right? Exactly. So, it could so be cannabis great. is the, the depression devil, and the withdrawal, and the... right, right, and and yet, yet, alcohol, social drinking is an acceptable and pleasurable activity for millions of Americans, which I agree with. I totally. So they're agree telling our, our our they're telling our kids that this is totally okay. This and it's a, good. It, yeah. it, it's, it encourages them to use alcohol. Sure. I, I agree with that. It does encourage. Hysterical yeah. if they told my kid that. I'd be like, no, it's not acceptable in my family, and I don't want it. I don't want this poison in, in their bodies, and I don't want it in their minds. So it's not a, acceptable to no. you, Jamie? Social it's drinking? It's not to me. That's no. an individual thing. But these sure. parents, do they know that they're telling their kids, this is totally okay to well, do this? Well, isn't it, though, no. socially acceptable is the thing? Is it or is it not socially acceptable? That's what they said, right? It's it's a socially acceptable and enjoyable experience for many yeah, of Americans. But it's a double standard. I agree yeah, with it being a double standard about pot. I'm just talking standard. about the legitimacy of alcohol right now because I'm feeling I'm feeling a pro uh, alcohol prohibitionist uh, edge from little sword <laughs> no, coming in. Not for me. I know Jamie. I know so much about alcohol. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people I know personally that are involved in alcohol and people that I don't know, like huge stars, artists, uh, the best, the most globally enormous artist in the world, the music artist, that have just gone to crap. 
almost 100% due to alcohol. It's all it's all traceable to alcohol. I have a bone to pick with alcohol. I know it's my personal opinion, but I mean, I took a there's like this moral take a like a personal inventory of your past and look at every negative really bad thing that happened that really stands out. Mm-hmm. And if you're a drinker, almost Every single one of them will be in some way connected with alcohol. I mean, to me, it's just a, a weighing the facts and, and the reality of things and going, whoa, dude, it seems like when I really look at it, that causes a hell of a lot of unnecessary problems. But if I do that with cannabis, I don't get that. No. I don't get like get that not even like not very not as not nearly as close. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I get good things. Yeah, you know, I mean. It, it's it's really bogus for them to come out and for Dare to, to come out and say that there's a lot of problems with Dare, but that's that's one of the the biggest ones that you know that I would point out right now is that they, they not only are they given misinformation in on one end, but I, I think it's really misinformation on two ends. Why would they want to encourage something like that and then say at the same time, but if you do too much of it, well, what's the difference? You know, if you're sitting in a corner, I mean, we're all very, very much pro cannabis. There's no secret about that. We're we're we're, we're functioning in a, in a show here that's weekly that talks about positive things about cannabis. But none of us would advocate. I'm certain of this. None of us would advocate. Go get a gigantic bag of weed and smoke your freaking brains out and stay in the corner and keep smoking and don't do anything and don't have creative thoughts and don't try to live a life or fill your life with other other aspects of, you know, your of living and just stay there and smoke yourself into oblivion. And nobody's advocating for people to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a health issue. We probably go, dude, you know, maybe you should lay off a little bit, you know, and, and breathe a little bit. Are you, are you all right? You know, that's to I mean, put it lightly. I mean, yeah. If right. So, if I like walked into a friend's house and there's like, oh, yeah, that's Joe in the corner. He just stays in the corner and smokes on that huge ass bag of weed all the time. He doesn't talk. He doesn't think. He doesn't eat. He doesn't move. He shits his pants. It's a health problem. Isn't that the dude from the that uh, movie, Half Baked? You know, the dude on the couch? The Isn't dude, there that the guy? The dude yeah. in the corner. <laughs> it is that guy. It's that guy. The Nobody dude. wants to be that guy. You can be that guy. But you know what? Unless you do that destructive behavior like that, which most people that, that use cannabis don't, believe it or not, um, contrary to Dare's information, then, then you're not going to do that. You're going to be, it's going to be really nice and you can have a nice uh, uh, burn one down before you watch your kids play in a baseball game. You can have it with a, cold, with a piece of broiled fish. You can have it on a warm day and social smoking would be an acceptable and pleasurable activity for millions of Americans. It relaxes you, it curbs stress, and it chase, chases away inhibitions. It does. It does. Voila. You can be a smooth operator like James Bong 00420. Right. That's absolutely right. I'm telling you. Bong. Bong. James Bong. James Bong. He'll be be on the show, too. We'll we'll definitely have James Bong on here eventually. Um, Yeah, maybe you can pump his new show, uh, The World Is Not High Enough. Right. That's his new movie coming out. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, yeah, man. Well, Dare sucks. My kid's not going to Dare. I don't like Dare. Dare sucks. I don't care what they say about me. I'm not signing that thing. I'm going to send him a big letter with instead of the (laughs) instead of the signature. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm going to I'm going to have my explanation of the um, hypocrisy. Um, I guess more of where I'm feeling here is, is like, I'm just not a, I think that alcohol, uh, can be devastating to people. And you're right. When you just brought it up, when you think back of all the, 
<laughs> you think about alcohol. Was alcohol there? You know what? Alcohol was there a lot. Yes. I think you'd be astonished at the percentage of people that are regular drinkers that think it's okay. You know, if they did that personal kind of took an inventory, they would go, hmm, <laughs> or oh. Wow, sure. man, I never realized that. Yeah, I got that ticket. I got that huge fine. I, I got in that argument with that person. I got in that fight. I missed, I lost that job because I slept in because I was so hungover. I just wanted to like die. Uh, there's all kind of stuff. I mean, there's just a string sure. of things that, you know, just happen. And, sure. And that's why, that's why it's, it's the, the tough thing about alcohol is, is that you kind of have to learn those lessons about it to learn how to sure. use it properly, you know? Um, it's right. real. It's really difficult to like learn those lessons without abusing it a little bit at some point, at least maybe once right. or twenty times, or for some people five hundred times, and for yeah. some people they can never stop abusing it. And that's the real horror of it is once we see people that are addicted to making, you know, shitty circumstances out of their lives and and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know punching holes in walls and choking right. and raping women and killing people and wrecking cars and killing you know innocent people with vehicles and yeah that's the great one how many people have punched a wall or some inanimate object metal steel solid wood you know because they were drunk and they were angry and they were venting frustration you know i mean i don't think that many people would ever do that um when they smoke a joint i don't think that somebody would do a couple bong rips and then just smash their hand because they're angry about something that doesn't make any sense to me but yeah i don't think that someone just <laughs> just drinks a you know heavy little bit of whiskey and then punches a wall immediately either you know it's like right it, it, the thing about alcohol and the inhibition thing is it just you lose it you you just it something goes on and you you switch yeah, off or alters on or off. Or yeah, something goes off. Something goes off, and and your ability to make decisions just becomes totally convoluted. And and when you're stoned, it's different. When you're stoned, it's like I don't really need to get that that bad. I'm pretty comfortable right now. You know, I don't need to mm-hmm. rush to that. It's just an impulse. I don't need to be impulsive. I just need to chill. You know, like it's not like, oh, now, 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 like how alcohol is alcohol. Like you want that instant gratification all the time, you know, yeah. and, and with cannabis, you actually sit back and think a little bit more, you know, like, yeah, well, that's really not necessary in my life currently at this moment. But maybe later, if I remember it, I'll, 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 I'll do that, you know. But the kitchen's a little too far away from where I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> it is more introspective, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's less of that, like, somewhat, like, greedy, like, now. Oh, I want to do this now. Oh, I'm mad. How do I get up? I'm going to punch a wall. You know, like, with, you know, I don't even think you'd, if, it, if, if, like, you know, if you don't have any crazy external factors, like, uh, gold diggers in your life or anything like that, then then right. and you're just smoking weed. I, I doubt anything's gonna really, you know, make you angry enough to punch a wall. Right. It's like And we know. and we know it. I mean the the evidence, the anecdotal evidence is just overwhelming. Like if you ask any cop, you know, how many times you go to a call and there's alcohol, I mean they'll not only tell you a huge percentage and probably uh, eighty plus percent of domestic calls involve alcohol, but not only that, but that's also their worst fear. They absolutely dread it because it's the absolute without any competition. It is the number one most dangerous position for a police officer to go into because you don't know the propensity for violence is through the roof and they don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. And it's just like a crapshoot for them. So they hate going to calls like that. You know, all the, all the cops I've talked to, they just, they said, that's horrible. And then I ask them, you know, well, how many times do you go and, and, and there's some kind of violence or something with, with a cannabis offense? 
and they they don't even answer me most. They just go Pff. right, like Psh. it's like, like some oh, little sh- conserv some little conservative lady smells weed. Oh my gosh, I smell cannabis. I smell marijuana. I'm gonna call the cops. Yeah. I wonder if they get calls like that yeah. still. Like I mean, I, I mean, smell, I smell, I smell weed right now. I'm standing on the corner of Eighth Street and um uh, B Avenue, and and I smell pot. Yeah, a lot uh, of people. You need to send officers Utah. immediately. <laughs> Do you yeah, think Utah, they still get Utah, those calls? They Utah get those calls. and Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty regular occurrence in both of those places. That sucks. Wow. That sucks. You have yeah. to I guess you have to be dumb enough to uh leave the smell of marijuana on a street corner in one of those places as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, wet towels if you're in a motel room, be careful with these things. Do they People like could... come with their fucking sirens on in Utah? They're like, <laughs> yeah, they got, they got, we're there. <laughs> who did they get? They got some people. I forgot who they were. They're involved in the movement, but they didn't know that then. They just these guys were puffing down in their ho- in their motel room and and uh, somebody smelled it and so they they called the police right away. I smoke I smell marijuana and the cops came and when they were in the police car the cop told them we aim to eradicate your type. <laughs> Jeez, straightforward, <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's like the Twilight Zone theme thing goes on and whew, I'm out of there. Wow, that's I used to that's, beg that's these not guys. cultural sensitivity at all. <laughs> I used to beg these guys, please, when we we're driving across country, you know, I'd be like. Please, can we go around Utah? Please, can we go around? I mean, it's a big request because it's a few extra hours out of the way. But I'm like, please, please. They're like, man, you really want to go around Utah bad, don't you? Yeah, yes, Utah has broken a many man's heart. Many a man's they're t- heart. Yeah, they're hearts. tough, man. They're tough. However I mean, there's a that. bunch of beautiful people in Utah, too. You know, it's not just a, we can't paint it with this huge broad brush. But, I mean, the authorities and how they handle they how don't they deal with cancer. They observe just, your legal rights, man. They pull you over yeah. and they're like, oh. You kind of look like one of those stoner boys. And no, they- and there's a decent sized community of smokers in in like especially like Salt Lake City, where it's, it's among the harshest areas in Utah. And it's I just I can't believe my heart goes out to those guys. I can't believe how they can survive underneath all that. It's all the you know, uh, snowboarders, fresh. huh? Kids out there yeah, having a good time. Yeah, tons of people out there, man. It's amazing, but uh, it's yep. a beautiful so, place, man. I, I think, I mean, I love Salt Lake. I love that area. It's so gorgeous. Yeah, me too. It's gorgeous, man. I love driving through it for the view, but man, I'm always petrified because I'm like, dude, I can't imagine they're just going to take my vehicle apart and be like, we're going to eradicate your type. Uh-oh. <laughs> my type? What's that? Like hearing <laughs> responsible people that are nice? I don't know. what They're like the dudes that are like going to search your butthole for weed. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that no, I'm, I'm driving around Utah this summer. <laughs> you know, I think most of the time they plead it out in, in, in Oklahoma, and you get like maybe you'll just get like 10 years or something to have for a small quantity of weed. But but usually, uh, I mean, their law on the books, it's it's a life sentence if you get busted with cannabis in, in Oklahoma. What? So, yeah. Life? Yeah, Oklahoma. You betcha. Oh, get out of here! Cops. You ever heard that song? We don't, we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. Yep, that's they don't they. That's the theme song. They don't mess around in Oklahoma. Huh. And uh, while I said, you know, they're not gonna give, you know, exercise that. Yeah. Similarly to kind of how they don't write you a ticket for jaywalking all the time when everybody does it. But uh, it, it's in a bigger, you know, that's a kind of a loose, you know, connection there. But in, in a bigger sense, there, it's just that's a huge, huge deal to incarcerate. That's a huge uh, uh, amount of expense and responsibility for them to be able to do that. So they they plead it out somewhat, but yeah, they don't give them, you know, they don't give you them know, six months probation. People should like boycott places like that. 
You know, it'd be effective yeah. to boycott a place like uh, Utah based off of its marijuana laws, maybe. I mean, you know, so many of its winter yeah. visitors I think Wyoming smoke Wyoming is pretty harsh, too. But. Wyoming is yeah. harsh, yes, definitely. I know. You know it's no Colorado. Yeah, no, it's not. And the thing that sucks is to get to Colorado, if you're coming from the east, a lot of the times you, you have, have to, to go, go through, through Wyoming. <laughs> and then if you're coming <laughs> from the west, you have west. to go through Colorado, I mean, Utah. So there's, uh-huh. it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, it's not like over here um, on the west coast now where it's like California, Oregon, Washington, they all connect, you know, it's like one long west coast Thing. Safety net, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, I, I looked up the Oklahoma uh, laws here on the normal site, and um, you're, you're right. For cultivation of even a single plant, you can go to jail for life in Oklahoma. Um, One plant, wow. That's for cultivation. For possession of any right. amount, uh, it's a misdemeanor with an incarceration of one year uh, mm-hmm. maximum. And then for any subsequent possession offense, it's a felony with two to ten. Jeez. Any amount. Then that's just, that part is just for possession, right? Uh-huh. The, the yeah. subsequent offense. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that. The, just Sounds like a job f- for James Bong. It's a job up. for Jamie Cass. I'm yeah. on it. Yeah. I'll someone be... needs to take care of that. How do you fix that? Well, I was, they also have the, the Oklahoma normal chapters here and <laughs> God bless these people. <laughs> <laughs> Those people must always have fear on their face. I know. <laughs> they like the, drive the around palest, and the cops. The palest activists in, in this country. I, I would read their names, but I don't want to <laughs> yeah. get them in trouble. Yeah. 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 yeah hearts go out to you guys. Keep fighting the fight. Carry the torch in Oklahoma. Utah too. Yep, Utah. Good luck with Wyoming. They produce things like Dick Cheney. Ugh. Yeah, he doesn't even have a heart. Kind of fits. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that something? Yeah, no beat. Yeah, well, moving machine. on. Hey, we got some more news coming up for sports. Is there's all kind of stuff going on? This in the is sports kind world. of almost a, one of those barely worth mentioning sports stories, but worth mentioning because it's uh, a good uh, a good way of showing the hypocrisy with uh, within pro sports and relating to marijuana. Uh, Michael Beasley. I don't know if anyone's familiar with this dude. He was a college standout. He was a one and done guy. Um, mm-hmm. He played one year in college, and he was tremendous. I don't remember if he was player of the year or not, but he was up there. He was big, and he brought he smashed uh, Kansas State back into being a pretty decent um, college basketball uh, program again, and uh, he was part of that. And then he was snatched up by the uh, uh, Miami Heat um, as a second overall pick um, in 2008, uh, he's currently just 21 years old. He averaged 14.3 reba- uh, points and 5.9 rebounds in two seasons with the Heat, which is not bad. But they got the Heat just traded him because they, you know, they pulled in LeBron and Chris Bosh and uh, um, Dwayne Wade, free agency. So they didn't really have a spot for Beasley, and they just traded him to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, in uh, Beasley's first couple years with uh, the Heat, there were some episodes where he was kind of having some like psychological issues, some depression issues. There was some talk of, I think there may have been some talk of suicide, some weird stuff mm. like that. And um, uh, I think he missed a little of time and whatnot, but there was some question, questions about related to his maturity. And uh, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who just... Uh, who just traded for him? His name, he's the team president. I'm sorry. His name is David Kahn. He said on an ESPN interview about Michael Beasley, he said, quote, 
He's a very young and immature kid who smoked too much marijuana and has told me that he's not smoking anymore. And I told him that I'd trust him as long as that was the case. So that's what this team owner said about a player that he just signed. So this kid's problems are, you know, all related to smoking too much marijuana is what, what the team guy is saying. So apparently Beasley's not smoking marijuana anymore. And Beasley said about himself, he said, I feel like, I feel like I did a, a good job my last two, two years in the NBA playing for Miami, but I feel like there's a lot that the world doesn't know about me. A lot that my game hasn't been, a lot of my game hasn't been showed. A lot of my personality hasn't been shown. I feel like it's a new beginning and a fresh start, and I'm ready to start my life. Um, so I think for me, if, 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 if he believes that all that he's changed is he smokes less marijuana or no marijuana, um, and that that's the main thing, that's, that'd be, you know, I, I don't know if that's what he truly believes, if that's worked for him. Some people smoke too much pot when they're young. Remember that age? He, he, dude, he was 19 yeah. years old in his first year of the NBA. 19 years old. I'm sure he did smoke too much pot, you know? Right. But it probably wasn't his only thing. He said, uh, the, the, um, the uh, president of the team said, went on to say, he's developed a really good support system around him in the past season in Miami. He's hired people to help him grow up. He is growing up. He's not grown up. He's just 21. And if you think <laughs> back, as I do all the time, to when I was 21, and if you had oh given me this kind of money and put me in this kind of world with, with these kids of, of pressure, with these kinds of pressures attached to it and some of the demands, I don't know how well I would have handled it any... I, any uh, I don't know how well I would have handled it any easier than says he was, than say he was. So... Um, I just, just really butchered that whole thing, but um, <laughs> Sorry. but uh, apparently this kid's growing up, and part of it for him has probably been regulating his uh, his marijuana use. You know, for this kid to grow mm -hmm. up, um, and obviously by surrounding himself with better people, you know, um, and probably with dealing with any of the depression issues or whatever he had going on as well. So that's what the team the the, the team president had to say about him. What he's saying about himself. Um, the following day, the NBA fined that team president $50,000 for his comments about Michael Beasley's marijuana use, and they also fined the, the, the organization an additional $50,000. What do you think of that? So the NBA goes and fines him for it after mm -hmm. saying it, um, the, the, the part specifically about the marijuana. Um, yeah. That's pretty crazy, isn't it, that they, that they do that? Well. What was the president's actual language as pertained to, to, to cannabis? He said he was a very young and immature kid who smoked too much marijuana and has told me that he's not smoking anymore. And I told him that I would trust him as long as that was the case. So where, where in that statement is there some kind of problem? I don't, I don't, they lost me on that. I don't understand why there's... Because he mentioned cannabis that he smoked marijuana when he was younger. Yeah, I guess that's the I guess that's the deal. I really don't. It's, they're saying it was called that it was inappropriate. They fined him fifty uh, to, the total a hundred thousand fifty thousand just directly to the president and then fifty thousand to the team because it was inappropriate. Well, maybe that's that's part of how we're going to get past this this ridiculousness, you know, because people are going to get so fed up and realize how just blatantly ridiculous some of these things are, the politics involved, you know, and you got to, you got to admit, this is definitely just politics, 
I mean, well, the NBA has been notorious for like you know, or you know, not notorious. That apparently, there's a lot of dudes in the NBA that that smoke weed instead of drinking sure. and heavily and stuff. They they would prefer to relax with cannabis. Dude, it makes no sense. You want you want these athletes to be top notch, and then you, pr- I mean, basically allow them to drink some. You can't stop them from drinking some, but then you don't promote. I mean, this is one of the things that Safer didn't, you know, really get into for these athletes, but these athletes would benefit so much from using marijuana as a recreational sort of drug instead of using alcohol as an alternative yeah. to alcohol, you know? Like, I mean, it, their performance would probably be, they'd probably perform better on average, you know? It's because mm-hmm. Alcohol is not, it's not good for your juju, man. You know, it's not. It's not. not, It's absolutely not. Especially if you're under all that stress, and then you use use alcohol. It's there's such a a high likelihood that you're going to end up using a little bit more because that'll be good to you. You know, because those stresses will kind of melt away, and you'll get lured in. Hey. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see that the NBA find them for that. Um, It's kind of to me, it kind of looks like a. Uh, somewhat of a reprimand against him for blaming say, all of his at, problems on pot. I think they don't think that that was accurate or fair, you know, and they, that he's tre- you know, not treating him like a professional. He's treating him like his son or something, you know, and like pro sports is still a, a, a lot about the sports and competition, but I think it's almost mostly it's all about money, you know, and who's the biggest revenue uh, bringer of, of, of pro sports. It's definitely alcohol. I mean, without a doubt, I mean, they sell zillions. You see, it's just there's just a parade of alcohol commercials on any pro sport that comes out. And everybody that goes to the pro sports games, where are they at? They're lining up to get beers. People grab two or three of them because they don't want to go through the big line again. <laughs> you know, they get to their seat and they're stacking them up. They're ready to go. They got all the beers. You know, it's huge revenue. So they're not. They're gonna. The politics are gonna kind of guide the hand of their hand of how they handle the, the, you know, these issues. And I think that's definitely, it, it would be my opinion. I would, I would posit that that's what's, that's largely what's occurring here. You know, they're looking out for their monetary interest and their money right now comes from largely, you know, and a huge uh, amount of it comes from alcohol, you know? Sure. Definitely. Um, but I mean, you know, yeah, they look at that, um, but I don't know that this has anything to do with the, the money aspect of it as much as they're like, you know what, you know, like that's just totally inappropriate to, 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 to trash, to somewhat trash this kid's past just to, simply due to marijuana and to well, do who it would publicly, like that? you know, who would like that the most, the people that are giving you money that, you know, the alcohol industry, they love that. Oh, They're sure. Like he's a now. team president and he's all connected to all of the local booze dealers because they advertise like crazy for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so he's connected you know, to a lot of booze people. Yeah, I see that within his own. Mason Tavert like, is on to something that we, we all know it. He, he's got a great point. It seems so obvious. It's one of those gotcha moments. Slap yourself in the forehead. Best Dude, ever. Why didn't we do this a long time ago? It's, it's the, so obvious. Why the, didn't we just. Isn't you know? it the most and intellectual point of the last 10 years in, in the marijuana fight? I just, I haven't found Certainly. anything better than it's that. It's so obvious too. Like why haven't we yeah. been talking about this for the past 20 years? I don't know. And you better believe the alcohol industry is scared shitless over this. Yeah. That is not the type of conversation they want to get Well, rolling. because that's what and the marijuana industry is going to advertise. That's going to be their main point. Hey, look at our dumb right. cousin over here, our bad brother. Hang out with us. We're the good brother. 
You know, you'll have right. a better time. It'll be better for you. Chill with us. Smoke a little. This weed. one they Don't drink say so much. harms your white matter in your brain. This one actually does harm your the white matter in your brain. So you know, I mean, people start getting that this kind of information. This one out. cannot kill you with a fatal overdose. This one thousands can. of people die. This yeah. one mutates your cells. This one does not. On every single argument you go across, they show you again and again and again that cannabis is the safer alternative. We just haven't thought yeah. about it. And the point in the book that's great about this is that us from a, a fighting prohibition from a negative argument standpoint, like trying to show everything that's wrong with the laws that currently exist, has done only so much. And it only gets us to like this tipping point within this argument but then throwing it out at the end that actually marijuana is going to be safer and better for society as an alternative to alcohol is Mm -hmm. it's that's that's it there it is i mean i I think that's people are getting very respectful uh you know very respectable parents that are that are responsible they're actually coming out i'm hearing them more and more often and and it's just just it's shocking to them that they're they're realizing this and saying it out loud they probably never would imagine themselves actually feeling this way but they're saying you know what frankly i mean because they're keen and you know and they know what's going on they can they can discern information of what's what and they're seeing what's out there and they're going well, you know what they took their own assessment and said i'd much rather have my child i'd rather have them not use any substances but I'd much rather have them use cannabis. I would feel much safer with them doing that than I would going out to a keg party and drinking like, you know, playing some kind of, you know, drinking game and getting ripped, you know, off their mind and then getting in a car with somebody else or, or you know, driving themselves or, or you know, who knows how many, you know, pitfalls are, are, are out there when, when their kids get really wiped out on, on alcohol and they don't have those fears are not nearly, not nearly approaching you know, what they are with alcohol. So yeah, it's, it, things are changing, man. What a slow process, huh? It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And it's one of those things where you have to enjoy the little beautiful moments that you do find in it and just, Mm -hmm. just, you know, focus on that goodness and use that energy to keep on moving forward. You know, that's what we're got some positive news from Oregon. I think we do. This is just a quick update. Did did we talk about this last week? We did. I'm going to update everyone real quick. It's just a, there's definitely a dispensary initiative that's going to be on the ballot on the November ballot in Oregon. And it will allow for a state, um, uh, license. You'll, you'll be able to, um, a state regulated system where you will get a, you can run a state licensed medical marijuana dispensary. Um, they'll be voting on it and it is called, uh, the dispensary initiative is known as I 28. So everyone in Oregon, um, who were coming to meet at mm-hmm. string cheese this weekend. And then at the normal conference, uh, we're going to be ma- making a big push through Oregon to, to get some listeners in that area. Everyone there, please show up at the ballots. Please educate your uh, neighbors and your friends and your family about this. And uh, uh, I would recommend moving forward with uh, having dispensaries in your state. Um, personally, I, 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 I just think that's the best way for everyone to be able to to get quality mm-hmm. medicine and, uh, and, and herb where, when they need it. Um, that's our, uh, that's what we got for, uh, Oregon real quick update there. 
Um, we were going to um, do some, we were going to talk about this um, situation in Colorado this week, but we spent a long time on California and there's a lot of parallel issues going on in Colorado because it's the mm-hmm. next big state as far as pushing a, a marijuana economy. Um, so we're going to skip over the Rocky right. Mountain High this week. Um, we're going to move Nevada. into, yep, yep. Um, you've got something going on in the mid, you, you got something going on in the, Oh, in Nevada. Oh, yes, you do. Nevada. There it is. Okay. I got you. What's mm, happening there? Political backing becomes a reality. This is uh, from Jason Whitehead. I, I believe that's right. They, they just kill me with these names. Now listen to this. W-H-I-T-E-D. How would you say that? Whitehead? Witted? I don't know. But Jason, I'm not trying to slaughter your name. We thank you for the story. This is from LasVegasCityLife.com. Um, the... The question is, will Dems shift on medical marijuana pave the way for legal pot dispensaries in Montana, in Nevada? For the first time in Nevada history, a major political party has endorsed the creation of a safe, legal medical marijuana industry, a move that could ease the suffering of thousands of patients and finally legitimize the state's black market network of pot dispensaries. In their official party platform released just days after their late June convention, delegates with the Nevada Democratic Party for the first time included clear, powerful language endorsing Nevada's emerging medical marijuana industry, quote, as a contributing part of a compassionate alternative health care in Nevada, end quote. That's great. And they said uh, many Democratic activists, as part of their commitment to accessible and compassionate health care, support current Nevada state law and believe patients should have access to a full spectrum of medically approved and supervised treatments, so said is this- Phoebe Sweet. That's their party spokesman. Is this cool. the first time that uh, that um, like a political party has spoken up for medical marijuana in Nevada? Then, yes, it is. It is the first time, and uh, thank God they finally came around and said, "Hey, look, you know, wake up, guys, smell the smell the medical marijuana." <laughs> Yay for politicians! They, now they'll go screw something yeah. else up. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Yay for them. They Yay had a good moment, and then they'll have a shitty one, like just the next moment, and then they'll be back. So it's and, a start. I mean, we got to keep in mind, you know, this is an election year, so all kinds of bizarro stuff's going to happen. We don't know which one to believe and which ones not to believe, but so far, this is a good thing. Yep. You know, in the in the immediate, this is a very positive note. You know, for people that need to have medical cannabis, and uh, so definitely. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, I wanted to, to note for everyone in Colorado, we really do want to talk about what's going on in Colorado. I think we're going to push it to next week. And a good reason might be also we are giving away those Telluride tickets next next week. So it kind of goes hand in hand to give the Telluride tickets away and to uh, absolutely to uh, and they're being, you know, they're being sold after um, after uh, raffle again, once again. So you can get fish tickets uh, if you mm. just want to go on our website and uh, enter the form out. And you might be able to win a chance to purchase uh, tickets to sold out ter- Telluride show. But we'll be covering uh, Colorado um, more in depth last next week and uh, kind of okay. get into what the scene is there. Uh, you got some more political news um, from the Midwest, it looks like now, right? More political stuff? Yeah, Midwest melees and glimmers of hope. The accent on the glimmers of hope in this story. This is news from the Midwest. You know, last week we uh, reported on Jim Sasha, a Republican Illinois House representative from the 89th District. I read his little statement there that he posted in the Journal Standard. That's the, uh, the newspaper, primary newspaper there in the 89th District of Illinois. Well, it appears, and you know, as you, as you, if you recall, he was very negative. Actually, it was kind of plastic. A lot of the 
talking points were typical talking prohibitionist talking points. And uh, so, you know, we kind of tore that up a little bit. But uh, it appears he has a challenger. And her view on MedPot is way, way different. Um, from another view, this is uh, the journal standard as well. She posted her own, um, I guess you would call this an op-ed piece. Um, Medical marijuana should be legalized, says Victoria F. Grizoffi. And Grizoffi is running also for the 89th district, so there should be a challenge. I'm going to read this. It's, very, it's pretty short, so I'm going to read what she wrote and see the contrast between her and Mr. Sasha. She says, I'm glad to read that I'm in such good company with so many optimists. I have my ups and downs just like everyone else. If I can't solve a problem myself, I reach out to others and work together to find the best solutions. I would support Senate Bill 1381. If a terminally ill person can benefit from marijuana, I don't see why not. It must be regulated and under the strict guidelines from a physician. I have personally experienced the death of family members from cancer, and frankly, there comes a point where there isn't anything you wouldn't do to make a loved one as comfortable as possible. There are also situations where marijuana helps a person receiving treatments cope with the side effects better. I would trust marijuana before the countless synthetic drugs that come and go off the market. They advertise drugs on TV and the side effects are worse than the ailment you have. We've all heard them. May cause death. Marijuana has been around forever and demonized. I've never seen or heard of anyone turn into the crazed maniac portrayed in the 1936 movie Reefer Madness. That was pure Hollywood, before my time, and I have seen the movie. If anything is a gateway drug, it starts with cigarettes and alcohol. Yet there are many people who smoke and drink and are not criminals and addicts. And just like cigarettes, alcohol, prescription drugs, weapons, and even a driver's license comes personal responsibility. Once again, I must stress here that it must be regulated and a person must have a prescription just like any other narcotic. I'm sure she means uh, a recommendation. Um, I'm not endorsing or condoning general use in, free, in a free-for-all. I see regulating it to be the biggest obstacle because here comes the patent wars. The drug companies will worry because there is something that, is, that can be grown by anyone, and the problem always is money and greed. There's also industrial hemp used for rope, clothing, oils, and many other uses that has less than 1% THC levels in it. During, during World War II, our country grew hemp to help the war effort. Farmers in North Dakota are fighting to change legislation so they can grow it now. Imagine the entrepreneurism, economic growth, and revenue that could be generated by a new textile industry. I know there is space available at Mill Race. That's a place in, in, her, in her district that she's talking about. That's Victoria F. Grizoffi. Um, Democratic candidate for state representative of the 89th district. Now, what do you guys think about that one? You remember the la the one I read last week, right? <laughs> I don't what a contract. I'm amazed that any <laughs> politician or, or candidate actually has information that's accurate that, that relates to hemp in any, in any capacity, but it seems like she knows what's going on. Yeah. So. She's, she's, <laughs> she spouts off like 10 arguments in a short little, uh, little yeah. I don't know that she knows what's going on, dude. I don't yeah. think she does. I think she knows pot's cool, but she doesn't know what's going on. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. just what it seems like to me. What do you well, think, Matt? You think she well, knows what's what going you, on? What do you mean what's going she, on? Like, she said prescription. Big... She is talking about a prescription. That's true. She wasn't talking. You can't just assume she was talking about a recommendation. She said prescription. I think she yeah. means prescription. Um, you know, I don't know. Just something tells me that she's jumping on it. I believe that she's down with it. Like she thinks it's okay for people to use medical cannabis. Uh, mm -hmm. But to what extent, I don't know. Um, and um, I, I'm, I don't know. I just, I don't see from, from what I just heard is that 
her statement, it didn't sound to me like definitely this lady's like a you know huge um, person on this issue. She just happens to be running in the district and views this as mm-hmm. a good as a good thing, but doesn't necessarily have. Uh, the right perspective on the whole topic, I don't think. Or um, you didn't. What part did you differ no, with? I, I like her. I, I like her perspective. I, I think it might be a little naive, but I, I some mean, of it. Yeah, but I mean that's yeah. that's just you know that she's yeah. she's not a cannabis advocate or an activist. You know, she's a she's right. just a regular person who doesn't so, smoke. She's not been you know influenced by the culture. She's just running for office and she supports medical marijuana. Sure, and I get that, but she's going to be one of the people in charge of writing legislation for medical marijuana, and that, I mean that's the case with any. No, I mean I, I think it's right? good. I mean I've I would you know in most I can't really imagine a case where I wouldn't vote for someone over another if there's a prohibitionist versus someone that's like you know has somewhat of a. Um, uh, compassionate viewpoint towards marijuana use, which this lady does. So if she's running against the prohibitionist and she's in my, and I'm in her district, I'm voting for her. You know, but I just, you know, that's just that's just how I, how I kind of felt the prescription thing. Just I don't know, talking about a prescription, just kind of. Uh, no, I think that's a common mistake that way. people make. Though. Yeah, I mean, people that talk about it in California, I mean, people around here, people that I hear all over the place talk about the prescription that you get for it, and they don't understand the the differences there. That's it's a legal it's, thing. It's I mean, I, and I understand she's running to be a lawmaker, so I guess there there's something to that. But she, she right. doesn't, you know, that it's it's a kind of it's a minute thing. It doesn't really. There are the no big practical picture. implications of that she doesn't understand the difference between a prescription and a recommendation. Yeah, she knows the history of uh, of of hemp and, and and what it can be used for, and the viability of hemp as an industrial product. She knows that um, the legalization, the regulating thing, because of the patent wars and the corporate corporations coming in so like we were talking about earlier maybe she's the go, next hot shit activist but i don't know go, i'm just not go lady it. what's her what's her name again jamie victoria grisoffi thanks victoria and good let's luck move on. good luck good luck yeah. to you send yeah, her money looks... send her money too <laughs> <If you're supposed> <laughs> to... <laughs> look her up what did you find a website just, for this just lady send your cash yeah if she i'm sure yeah. she's running for a political position i'm sure she's accepting checks yeah, if you're in the in the in the 89th district of Illinois, then uh, definitely check her out and just you know educate yourself about her. There's more issues around than than just cannabis related ones, and, but you know. And if what if you're not in the can you can can you could I um, contribute to that campaign if I wanted to? It's not oh, illegal, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could, yeah, you yeah. can't vote for her, but it's, you can it, contribute four dollars and twenty cents to her if you could. That would be uh, that'd be helpful for her if anyone can do it. Do it. It's standard. That's, yep. the, that's the new standard, right? That's a pretty good number too. Like uh, I is. know that the Obama thing was a lot of five dollar um, donations, lots and lots of five dollar donations. So it adds yeah, up, especially in little district stuff. races. You know, you bet. So where are we now, man? We're uh, news from the Fed. News from the Fed. You've news got news from the Fed. The Patent Office raises high hopes and snuffs them out. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, too. This is uh-huh. from Justin Sheck from the Wall Street Journal. This is uh, an important story. Short-lived trademark category for marijuana is nipped in the bud. I don't know if you guys were even aware of this. Uh, I'm sure you probably were. For three months until last week, uh, marijuana dealers had something they could only dream of before, the apparent stamp of approval of a federal agency. On April 1st, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office created a new trademark category, processed plant matter for medicinal purposes, namely medical marijuana. 
And that's what they call it. That's the that's quoted in there. The patent office, part of the Department of Commerce, posted the new category on its website. And the patent office change set off a land rush by pot dealers in the 14 states where laws permit medical cannabis use and sales. Some state claims on rights to long use names like Maui Wowie, Chronic, and others. So they're just going for names? Strains? What's going on? Who is it? Who's yeah. going for this again? Who who tried to... Who are the companies? Did they uh, list anywhere 80, specifically what companies? Yeah. It's not. These aren't corporations. These are people, individuals. Individuals, uh, okay. Yeah. Eight like, individuals, uh, you said? Others applied to trademark business names such as Bud Trader and Pot N. Two companies applied to trademark psychoactive sodas named Keef Cola and Canna Cola. Cool. Um, Steve, so Steve D'Angelo, you mentioned from Harborside, yep. he quoted, mm-hmm. it looked like a positive step to me. He said, we don't have many steps by the federal government legitimizing medical cannabis. And he's the executive director of Harborside Health Center. God, I want to talk to that guy. His viewpoints seem all mm-hmm. over the place, dude. I'm just he hired, trying to uh, understand what, where, how his mind works. So, Well, this is part of it. He hired an intellectual property lawyer to trademark his company name before the patent office created the new trademark category. But last week, the patent office snuffed out the promise of federal recognition on on last Tuesday after questions about the new pot trademark category from a Wall Street Journal reporter. A patent office spokesman said the office planned to remove the new pot pot classification by week's end, and the category is now off the website. Cool. Bye. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. 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 Good luck next time. Try and, you know, I don't know. Trademarking a company is different than like branding the pot or like, no, I mean like patenting a strain. This is, this is not about patenting the genetics though. This was about, um, is that right? Trademarking, right? Oh no, this was Um, the patent office. Yes. Wasn't there a trademark thing that happened recently too? Um, well, this is that. Well, the trademarks happen in the patent office. I mean, that's, no, a patent is an invention, and a trademark is like a logo. Yeah, like Nike or Walmart or Cannabis Agenda. These will be um, the well. It's the it's it's actually uh, they're they're separate entities under their sub, but the, it's the same plate. It's the same. It's called the U.S. Oh, patent and Trademark yes, Office. Yes, it is. And, but, and, and what they're what they're going for is patents. To get patents on marijuana strains, which ones? Yes. Um, well, there's a bunch of them in there. Um, well, some of them are old, like Maui Wowie. So someone wants to get Maui Wowie, but, but that's no. This is a this. They're they're saying it's a trademark category. So on April mm-hmm. 1st, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office created a new trademark category. So this is a a category in which they will offer you a trademark. Trademark, not right. a not a patent on Maui Wowie, just a trademark. So, for, so we're not talking about the the genes that make up Maui Wowie. Talking about the name. We're talking about the name and whatever. But image. they're not. But they're not going to allow you to do that for, or at least they're just not even looking at it right now. Maybe is more of what's going on, or um, they're, or their spokesman um, Peter Pappas said the office will go back to its pre-April policy of accepting pot trademark applications without providing a specific category. But that's back to square one. The office has never actually granted a pot trademark, the spokesman said, adding it's highly unlikely that it will do so in the future. Who who screwed up and let this one through? I don't know who did that, man. uh, I I hope it's more like wine. So not one person can trademark um, Maui Wowie, but you could trademark your farm. And you could be Jay Farm, and I could be Pot sure. Farm, and he could be Cog Farm. We all three are the same farms, and and I I do 
Blue Dream and and Jamie does Blue Dream too. It's not the Blue Dream that's trademarked. It's the farm itself, the logo, the 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 company, the not right. not the strain. You know, um, you should be able to compete with other Blue Dream growers because maybe someone will do it better. Maybe you want that. You know, you want that batch because you're reading Kinda some like connoisseur magazine. Milk. Yeah. And Dean's milk, and they're all milk, but they're different. Right. And Possibly. one company is a little bit better at processing and at storing or et cetera, et cetera, so that you have your, you know, you have the chance to compete. Brand choice. Right. Brand loyalty. Just like wine, dude. You know, mm-hmm. one one batch of Cabernet is going to be better than the farms, you know, the winery 10 miles away batch of Cabernet one year, you know, and there's... Uh, reasons why, because there's different ways of growing it and there's different climates and there's different things go wrong and, uh, they use slightly different processes, you know? So, um, hopefully marijuana ends up being the same and, and it's not just like, Oh, you <laughs> you have the patent rights to a strain or you have the, the, uh, trademark to a strain so no one else can call their shit OG Kush. They have to, I mean, if anybody said called their, I don't think anybody personally should have a patent on a name like that but like especially i mean at least at least not the long standing ones that everybody's known forever and ever but if anybody would have uh, a patent on the on the on the term chronic it should be snoop doggy dog because he's the one that came up with that in the first place isn't he dr dre and snoop dog you gotta give i think you gotta give props to dre there dog you know what i'm saying yeah. Because so, yeah, I mean, because it was, was on Dre's album, Snoop. and that was when he introduced Snoop to the world. World before even Doggy Style came out. Bow wow wow right. yippee yo yippee yay! I've seen yo, Snoop Dogg. Have you? Uh huh. You seen him before live? Yeah. Where did I see him? He was here. He was in Illinois. Yeah. All he does yeah. is he, he's a really good performer. He gets the crowd very active. He he oh, instructs it was a blast. you Everybody how to party. I was with didn't want to go see him. They're like, nah, I don't want to. I thought they'd be excited, and they're like, nah, we don't want to go see him. And I was like, forget that, dude. I'm gonna go over there for a little while and check it out. <laughs> and I'm glad I did because just like I knew it would be, you know, he gets everybody all excited. Like you said, it's amazing. Everybody has a fun time. It's what it's supposed to be about. So. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. was he was here, and we were passing around uh, five gallon buckets, and people were throwing in uh, uh, presents for him. <laughs> he was having a good you know, time. It's interesting that you you use the example of our us three having our individual uh, kind of farms, and we have a kind of consortium. There's a in this story it says Scott Rydell, a brand development consultant for Panatella Brands, a Colorado pot grower consortium said his clients are still moving forward with branding efforts and hope the patent office will grant trademarks to them. So that's a good example. That's exactly what's really happening. I didn't know there was a Colorado pot grower consortium. Gosh, man, it sounds like I might start just wanting to apply for jobs out there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to think they're going to exist soon. Like <laughs> Of an executive position in there, you know? I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it would be less stressed than not getting paid to run a, a podcast. We could uh we could create, <laughs> right. we could create a job site for stoners. But it would be monster.com be cronster.com. Oh dude, we need to have all of our <laughs> listeners uh, sign privacy like agreements it. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he spilled the beans. Don't man. tell anyone. Out. Yeah. Shh. Hey guys, everybody needs to keep that to themselves because uh <laughs> we broke and we need some money. And that sounds like yeah. a good idea. <laughs> Cronster. Cronster. <laughs> Cronster. <laughs> Cronster. <laughs> 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 
So we got some more stuff from the Fed. Yeah, we, we, got, got, yeah we got a few more from the Fed here. There's uh, DEA raids in Michigan and California, Pat. We briefly talked about this earlier, actually, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, coming up again here. And it's it's uh, did I I missed that didn't open that story. Please forgive me for just a moment while I and fumble through opening the story. Oh, it's a common dream story. And uh yeah, it's about uh raids that have occurred within the last uh last couple weeks. Um there was a, a DEA raid of that guy in um uh, San Diego that we talked about earlier. And then there did we we talked about the Mendocino one too with the sheriff's uh the lady mm-hmm. in Mendocino yep. that apply. Okay, so we've talked about both of the California ones. Well, uh, simultaneously there was one in um uh, Michigan, Saginaw, Michigan, um, and uh, let's see. Sh- there were they were basically licensed caregivers in uh, Michigan, and they were way under their limits, and they were making an oil or something like that for their patients, um, who apparently are severely sev- have severe pain, and it's a real issue for them to not be getting their medicine, um, and uh, they are. Uh, they arrested these people, and it was in the Thomas Township. So, uh, just was updating that um, in in uh, Michigan, you've got some agents up there who's still going to give you a hard time. So, be careful out there. Um, mm. You know, uh, hopefully, your district judge will allow you to use the entrapment article. Uh, argument. You know, that's another. Here's another situation where that's what they're going to try to do. Don't you think? Hopefully. Yep. Hopefully that'll work. We'll see. Good I'm luck. always good. I'm up for any new argument that helps people stay out of trouble for cannabis. Yep. Um, okay, so we already did the coal, the Obama uh, nomination for the DEA. Yeah, go to MPP mm-hmm. and sign their thing. Sign the letter to Obama uh, calling for uh, for her uh, withdrawal. Withdraw the nomination. Withdraw the yeah. nomination, yep. And then you got some sure, dangerous. Sure. Uh, yeah, this one is from. Uh, this is kind of an update, actually. You know, we covered before the uh, THC Ministry. It's the Hawaiian Cannabis Ministry, also known as THC Ministries, where they uh, they raided those guys out in Hawaii. Um, they they had like thirteen current or former employees that were there. Um, they they got some growers from there. Um, they they let a lot of people out on bail. Um, but Roger Christie is the the founder of the THC ministries and they decided the feds have decided that they're not going to let him out on bail. They said he is too dangerous for bail. That's a direct quote from the feds. That's how they, they listed him. And, uh, I guess from, from the story, it says here that the, there was actually a federal pretrial services report that also recommended that he would be freed on bail as well. But the prosecutors fought back and listen to this with a 46 page memorandum in opposition. So tell me that they're not, at, you know, driven, you know, after this guy. But uh, listen, this is their this is their justification for why or how he is um, dangerous. He said because Christie allegedly recommended marijuana distribution after the March raids. That made him, and this is in quotes, a danger to the community and no conditions or combination of conditions could assure the safety of the community is what the a, feds a wrote. danger to his community. That's whack, dude. Dangers yeah. are violent. Dangers are danger. The danger is a rapist. And he wasn't, it, it said that they didn't even, it wasn't because he went out and sold pot, but that he recommended distribute, distributing pot? Yeah, does that yeah. mean as like an order yeah, he to recommends. his underlings or something? Maybe. Is that how that works? <laughs> what, is that, what does that word even mean? I can't believe that I'm at a loss for this word, but what does recommenced mean? 
I actually oh, recommenced. How do you even spell yeah. it? I don't know. It's spelled that way several times in the story. So I'm assuming that I thought it was a typo. So I may have misrepresented that it's not recommended, but recommenced. I have no idea. How do you spell it, dude? Um, Just like recommended, except it has a C-E-D instead of a D-E-D at the end. Cause to start anew. Oh. I don't even. Okay, everybody. Here at the Cannabis Agenda, we strive to have. To recommence. Yeah. So what's happening is, yeah, that's exactly right. What they're saying is they came in and raided him initially in March before this raid here that he's in jail for now. They raided him before and they didn't arrest him. And so because he uh, recommenced is our new word for the day. Continued. He kept on. Learn things on Cannabis Agenda. Yeah. So he, he, what did you, how did you say it, Matt? That was exactly what's going on. Recommenced is. Yeah, he re he suggested they recommence this this operation. He That's kept balling, motherfucker. So how did that make him a danger to Sorry. the community? I guess I, I don't know. Well, okay, they did not charge him the first time. Is that right? Right. I, I don't right. under. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't see how someone who sells some marijuana to the people that come to his church uh, is a danger to his community. No, it's they're that. like equating. I mean, if that's the case, and isn't it negligence on the DEA's part? Didn't the feds like put people un, unnecessarily at massive risk from this dangerous guy because they came in there and they never arrested him when they when they should have? Oh, so dude, that's a really dangerous. good yeah. point. That is Jamie. a good point. Yeah, that's an excellent point because if that's the truth, then heads need to fly in the Hawaiian right. DEA district or whoever. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just proof to the point that these people are driven pointedly. The same exact way. This is textbook, exactly like they were for Tommy Chong. He's a political figure that they want to take down. They're making a, they're making a a move. They're making a play out of it. And yeah, that's that's bogus. You know, more from the Fed. Leave it to the Fed to always cheer us up with their with their crazy antics. Oh, I got some more. Wow, I got some more that just came in from SSDP. I got in my. Email I thought maybe this was ago. a Matt story. I oh. kind of thought this, is a, maybe. this just <laughs> in. This just in. Yeah, our uh, our esteemed Senator Dianne Feinstein from the great state of California. Ooh, love the state. <laughs> hate the woman. I called her a name last week. I don't. I, I know you hate is such a strong word, but I don't like this woman at all. <laughs> Uh, she has introduced Senate Bill 258, the Saving Kids from Dangerous Drugs Act. Oh, my God. <laughs> and no. uh, she's using a media scare about candy-flavored methamphetamine to attack medical marijuana patients and, and providers. Uh, so she, she wants to introduce this bill that will, that will double penalties for edible cannabis products. Oh my um, God! And this, this is a this is a senator from California, but you know, like, okay, let's run her out of office. Yeah, yeah. let's it, run her out of office in California. She's I've always felt Once like again. I was voting for my granny, and I kind of now have been like, damn, I've been voting for my granny. Yeah. This she this should, woman this has Diane no place Feinstein. being a senator from California. She's a little too old school. Look what's going on right in front of your face. You can't stop it. Come on. What's That's pretty ballsy amidst all the support that they have, you know, for cannabis nowadays. Hmm. It's just crazy. Maybe she's ready to retire or something. Oh, this keeps bringing back. I'm so bummed they're not allowing the entrapment argument. I hope that they don't stick with that. That really sucks, dude. I hate this this whole thing and the way that it's going on. It really is a political war, and it's been lasting way too long. 
And uh, we still have people like her coming back, and she's now she probably has very hypocritical stances to it at different points. My guess is that she's probably been somewhat supportive at some point throughout this process, and now she's going all like save our children that we're gonna poison our kids, and that's what this is all about. That we're trying to like sell weed to kids, and that there's gonna be all these problems from edibles. You know, it 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 just (laughs) looks good to support a, a bill that saves the kids dude right. i think she's got i think she's got some problems in california if she keeps pushing maybe not i don't know how yeah, important of an issue do you think this is to the common voter how like how did you say meth candy yeah methamphetamine candy flavored methamphetamine does that exist i don't know it seems like something that maybe you know <laughs> someone you know some pr company paid some like criminal to to drop you know into into some crappy neighborhood somewhere, and so the media got gets a hold of it and finds the candy f- flavored methamphetamine to create some scare. Oh. And it just seems more likely than like a drug dealer actually making candy flavored methamphetamine. Wow, that's just too fantastical to imagine. I Diane like- Feinstein, everybody, that's her name. <laughs> Um, you can go to ssdp.org uh, and uh, uh, they have a way that you can email your senators and tell them to uh, vote vote this thing down. Vote it yeah. down. Please vote it down. That's I, I can't imagine it's going anywhere anyway. I hope not. Well, who knows? You like you said, that's the political pitch, you know. Who's going to who's going to vote down something that saves the kids from drugs, from yeah. meth? I mean, most cannabis uh, enthusiasts don't really dig on meth too much so see but here's my thing is is it's like is that is is that even a serious of enough stance for her i mean does it matter even enough for her political future i mean i'm sure that she polls that it doesn't right no yeah i'm sure that it does it's it polls that it helps her better than it hurts her and so do you she think does that, it. you think that's actually true in yeah uh-huh. i think so i mean so, people the people who who care that she's going to vote for this thing are the you know do not by any means compared to the number of people that care about the children you're right right and so yeah, as long so. as it's, it's still it's yeah, still it's that easy, if you make it look like decision. they're going to ruin our kids they're going to it's going to be bad for our children that's where they're going to go with it at, mm-hmm. at the end it's all about thing. the children it's always about the children yeah. save the children Save the children. Yeah, please save them. Save Mark Emery. Yep, Mark Emery. Save Mark Emery. Yeah, we were talking about seeds earlier. Mark Emery was the big seeds man for people that don't know. I would, you know, it's huge. Yeah, he was huge. He uh, was, uh, he's American, but he lived in Canada and operated his business out of Canada and sold seeds all over the world. Um, and he also started with his money. He, the, with he spent a lot of the money that he was making on activists uh, and on a cannabis mm-hmm. agenda. And um, he started his uh, whole media outlet, Cannabis Culture, which is a great, you know, a great, um, great rag. I think so. I like him a lot. I do too. And um, he was extradited to the United States for federal charges for uh, selling marijuana, basically, right, Jamie? Seeds. That's correct. Seeds. Uh, seeds, actually, is for the seeds, yeah. And, and uh, he got, um, which, I mean, they just consider, you know, marijuana or whatever, but he they got do. a five-year sentence, right? And somehow, so, the US well, not, government, not yet. somehow the U.S. government convinced the Canadian government to extradite him. I, 
I don't know why right. they went along. They with had that. a change of uh, kind of a, a a change of of political leadership there, and they went to I don't know exactly what they called their party. It was more of a liberal uh, minded party to a more conservative party, and they had very very strong ties with the Bush administration. And they uh, you know did the rattle the saber thing and said you have to start doing this and. And and they got them on the on the whole big prohibitionist bandwagon. Well, I mean, those guys were already on it. The people that came into power in Canada, but you know, we we really encouraged. I think we do a lot more than encourage them. I think we threaten them. You know, it's typically our mo and how we do that type of stuff. Our our government, but um, yeah, that's changed. Uh, people in Cal- in Canada are faithfully fighting against that. That's a huge transition. Now they're start they're talking about reinitiating. Um, long-term incarceration for cannabis offenses and things that have been gone from there for quite a while. So so they handed over this dude, the man, Mark Emery, and he went to jail and yeah. he was uh, doing, what, like audio blogs on telephone calls with his he wife or something? He was talking to his wife. Yeah. She was recording yeah. it and then putting it online and letting people listen to him talk and yeah. stuff. And so they threw him in solitary. It wasn't sexual or anything either. I mean, they're just talking <laughs> about, I think they were talking about marijuana probably. He was the, doing a blog. The government doesn't want that conversation to get out totally and yeah. i think he's still writing his blog too <clears throat> actually um it's, so but i don't i guess they're not doing the audio blog anymore but uh they for that they put him in solitary confinement for three weeks he was released uh, right at the beginning of this month it looked like or the end of last month so we missed that by a long ways but um it's good to yep. to um let you know let people know he's out now yeah. i have a a brief uh, a brief couple of sentences here this is uh he is doing his, his blog um he has a u.s federal prison blog number seven that's posted on their website cannabis culture you can go that cannabisculture.com and check it out this is called prison blog number seven letter to jody of course jody emery is his wife but uh, it's very extensive. It's pretty long. It explains everything he's doing. He's on email, on regular email co- uh, communications now, daily. But this is just one uh, small paragraph that explains exactly what's going on with him. He says, my five-year expected sentence is officially pronounced on September 10th in the Seattle Federal Court. So he has not been sentenced yet. That means with 135 days served on his sentence already, 65 days here at SeaTac FDC and 70 days at North Fraser in Canada awaiting extradition. And in anticipation of 270 days of time off my sentence for good behavior, that's 50 days off each year, my expected release date if I spend every day of my sentence in the U.S. penal system is June 16th, 2014. I have three years, Jeez. 10 months, and 21 days to go. That's a long time. Wow. For a mm. nonviolent offense. Yeah, so his offici- his, he hasn't even been officially sentenced yet, not till September 10th. And then they're going to do whatever they're going to do. So, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know how that works. Is it possible that they could give him more than five years? Can he get a little bit less in five I years? I don't know how that's think, just a formality at this point. Yeah, I think it's just a formality. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he doesn't even do, he won't even do five years. His five-year sentence is actually shorter than five years is what it sounds like, so... Right? Yes. I mean, by the date that they... Time served. Right, based off of something that's a little bit less than five years, so... Or, you know, right at it. Because um, it's... He's only been in jail for, like, a couple months, right? Um, yeah, I think uh, totally he's had, like... Um, one, two, three... Actually, it's more than that. It's several... It's, like, six or set, six or eight months. Okay, so he's already served a time. Okay. Yeah, he served a bunch of time over different um, over different time periods throughout the whole process. 
Yeah, he was at Fraser, uh, North Fraser in Canada. He said that's worse than SeaTac. SeaTac in 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 uh, uh, Seattle, where he's at, it's a federal detention center in Seattle. He said it's a lot better in in North Fraser. This place, I don't even know where that's at, but it's in Canada up there where he's from. And he said it was absolutely atrocious. But uh, so far, he has uh, 65 and 70. What is that math, whizzes? 140, just under 140 days. So what is that? Just several months. That's uh, four and a half, four and a third months. So, yeah. Yeah. And he anticipates some time off his sentence for good behavior because he's not going to, like, really be exciting any prison riots or anything like that. So, yeah, it's a bogus situation. Well, at least but. he's out of solitary confinement. We uh, is. we should have followed up on that a little faster. <laughs> it would have been good. <laughs> a little tardy on that one. But uh I think we mentioned that he was out. We may have. I think we assumed though we didn't really look up the, you know, status so well. It's good to be following through on stories like that because he's a pretty big deal and uh what he he's is, done yeah. is a pretty big deal. So Yeah, I think he warrants our sport too. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. For sure. He said overgrow the government and that's what got yeah. him in trouble. With. Overgrow, I love it. Yeah, because people. Yeah, that's exactly why he got arrested because people loved it. I loved it too. I think it's a great idea, and I think we should keep doing that. But I'm not going to say it out loud because you know, <laughs> I don't want to go to SeaTac. <laughs> right? Who does, man? Jeez, that's the whole part of it being the political war of it and the fallout of it's terrible. Yeah. Still, you know. Yeah, but if you get a chance, uh, check that out. That blog entry, it's it's pretty poignant and touching. I mean, he talks; he's pretty uh, open. You know, he's always been that way historically. Mark Emery has, and just been really open and kind of uh, honest about the way he, he speaks about things. And he's is no different in these blogs when he's talking about his experiences in there. And he said, "Yeah, he just broke down and cried." I think they had their fourth anniversary, you know, and he got to see her for a while, and it's not, they got to touch, you know, like hold her arm and little stuff like that but that's about the extent of it and he was he's broke down crying afterwards and he said it was amazing all these big i mean there's some some serious criminals in there too and uh they were coming up to him saying hey man it's all right you know i cry all the time when i'm in here you know some guy he said one really bad dude came to him and said look man i wish i had somebody that cares about me like she cares about you somebody i could worry about like that so it was pretty interesting reading that stuff Makes you kind of read. End. Everybody should, yeah, people should check that out. They should check it out and read mm-hmm. it. Just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's the the story of of activism right there. Big time activist, um, mm-hmm. dude. So uh, what happens uh, with, with when people go to the emergency room? Pot. Ah, from the research bin. Yeah, this one was from Paul Paul Armitano. He always uh, he broke this down. He, he does good work. What was that? He does good work. He does good work. He does, for sure. He was part of the Safer Uh, book, too. He was a co-author of that. He's the deputy director of Normal and Normal Foundation, and, you know, he's uh, been at this for a long time. Um, Anyway, he's breaking this down to us, this uh, new study. He said, lifetime use of marijuana is rarely associated with emergency room visits. It's according to an analysis of epidemiologic survey data published online by the American Journal of Emergency Medicine. And uh, I don't really know how to cover this without reading it. I guess I can touch on some of the points that they mentioned. Um, he said uh, the investigators at the University of Michigan reviewed the overall prevalence of drug-related emergency department. They call it ED visits, emergency department visits, uh, among lifetime users of illicit substances. And they analyzed data 
um, from the National Epidemiologic Survey on Alcohol and Related Conditions, which is it's a nationally uh, representative survey of 43,093 residents age 18 and older. The study is uh, it's the first one to use nationally representative data to examine patterns and correlates of drug-related ED visits. And let me see here. Among those surveyed, subjects that reported using cannabis were the least likely to report an ED visit at 1.71%. Re respondents who reported lifetime use of heroin, tranquilizers, inhalants, and so forth were most likely 18.5%, um, 63 and 6.2% respectively to report experiencing one or more uh, emergency department visits related to their drug use. Investigators concluded I quote, marijuana was by far the most commonly used illicit drug, but individuals who used marijuana had a low prevalence of drug-related ED visits. And ha! Com yeah, compare that to alcohol alone and imagine what you, where you come to. Dude. Yeah, most recently that ran, a RAND study uh, published this month reported that fewer than 200 total patients were admitted to California hospitals in 2008 for, quote, marijuana abuse or dependence. By contrast, there are an estimated 73,000 annual hospitalizations in California related to the use of alcohol. Wait, 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 wait. You said 200 for marijuana? Compared to, yeah, compared to 73,000 for alcohol. Wow. Jeez. 200. How many of those people are going to take one of those personal inventories I was talking about and go, well, yeah, I broke my, my, my you know, <laughs> collarbone, um, fell down the stairs. Yep, that's a lot of those seventy-three thousand visits. I tried you know, to get and you away from take the into cops. Consideration. I mean, two hundred out of these two hundred patients. I don't know what was the deal when they were admitted. I'm, I'm sure their esophagus wasn't hanging out, or you know, something happened where their you know bone broke because they were smoking weed. I don't. I mean, it's it, they were they were likely admitted for observation or something. It does it doesn't really go into that part of it, but I mean, even for whatever. All, all underlying causes, there was fewer than 200 total patients. And that's in California, where you would think, you know, cannabis use is a lot Wow, more there's 73,000 alcohol-related ones in a year in California? Holy yep. shit, that's a lot, dude. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a bunch every day, man. Wow, all over a state, people get way too drunk, huh? <laughs> Go figure. Uh -huh. uh, I've got I've got one last story for uh, for you guys if you're ready for it. It's a, uh -huh. the the clincher the the good news of the week for some people and uh, real bad news for one guy in particular. And I'm I'm sure. Check this out. How about marijuana falling <laughs> from the sky? Well, it, it happened in North Texas. Yeah, the sky wasn't falling. It was just a <laughs> lot of drugs. Families in the town of Caddo Mills reported four duffel bags full of dope slamming down on their rooftops. A couple hours later, Hunt County Sheriff's deputies found an abandoned plane at the local airport there and had two more duffels still aboard filled with marijuana. And all officials value the dope drop at almost half a million dollars. So far, no arrests. <laughs> Uh, oh my God! What do you think? About, what do you think? How many, so there were um, there were four bags reported and four. turned in. How many bags weren't reported? Yeah, that makes you wonder. I mean, of course, if that happened to any of us, we'd immediately run up there and call the authorities, right? Uh, I, yeah, of course. One time <laughs> when I was uh, uh, um, hanging out like as a kid, I was probably only like 
nine, eight or nine, I was going trying to go to you know grocery area and hang out and get some food and crap. Like at a way too young of an age, I was venturing too far from home and. Randomly, a helicopter flies over, and these boxes totally fell out of the helicopter right around me. So I've seen shit fall out Bizarre. of Bizarre. Hel- right? It wasn't a bunch <laughs> of dope, though. It was like a bunch of shirts. So <laughs> We used to see it. I used to live on the Florida Gulf Coast, and we used to see it every once in a while. The bales would come down the jetties, and they'd be floating. And when I first saw it the first time, there were some people I was with that had seen it before on, on numerous occasions. And they said, man, it's weed, man. I said, what is that? And they go, it's weed. Don't touch it. Of course, I just reached out and grabbed a huge handful and ripped it. It was one of those bales. It was a commercial nasty stuff. And and it was I, I ripped a big and it had been soaking in salt water for God knows how long. So <laughs> it was the dumbest idea I ever had, you know, and I grabbed a big handful and shoved it in my mouth and about zooked. It was nasty. But yeah, it was amazing to see giant bales of weed floating down the, you know, jetties. Any kind of anytime there's a drug trafficking, you know, threw away. That's what you get. Crazy. Although in Illinois, I-55 is one of those. It's a huge joke. That's what I hear. And I've never seen anything on the side of the road there. So I'm just not very lucky, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone's going to get lucky if they're looking for fish tickets. That's true. Absolutely. Talk about that one more time. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, um, we are going to be giving, we're trying to, uh, we're doing a, how how would you describe, is it a raffle? It's kind of a raffle. Yeah. A contest. It's a a contest. Yeah. You just log on to our website um, and it's. uh, There's no cost. It's free. No cost. You just enter in some stuff into a form. The the tickets, however, are not free should you win the contest. Yes. You have to buy the tickets. You have to pay with a PayPal account within 24 hours of being notified that you're the winner. Uh, It's $300 value, right? That's the face value yep. and um it's two nights tell your for fish for uh concert tickets and for camping tickets so um uh, august 8th and 9th i'm pretty sure august 8th and 9th and we're gonna um uh, we need all I'm sorry 9th and 10th 9th and 10th and we need all of the uh um we need people to d- fill out the form by next sunday by this sunday at the yeah latest, uh, a week from uh less than a week from now and we'll notify the winner via email and they'll have 24 mm-hmm. hours to to get it all figured out we'll give them all of the details then on how to go about that and you so. can check is it that, out go to to what's that jamie i was just gonna say is that form up or is it gonna be up to, it's gonna be up soon yeah it's it's up right now it's up awesome it's ready to you go can go go fill it out at cannabisagenda.com slash fish it's p-h-i-s-h uh, it's a great opportunity. That's a majorly sold out show, right? Yeah, sold out within seconds. Yeah, dang. Yeah, they do. literally seconds. Yeah, because they do. You do. They do a wow. lotto for it. Is how it works. So everyone pre-enters into a lotto system for those tickets prior to the time that they actually go on sale. And then when they go on sale, it's just dependent upon the numbers all trickling in. Isn't that how it works? Uh, yeah, fun? and honestly, I think there's some shady shit going on with other <laughs> ticket dealers on the side too that. A lot of tickets Sorry. don't really get accounted for uh, uh, through through the Ticketmaster system or through whatever ticketing system, you know. Crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to get the in. Ticketmaster is a, 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 a they're not the only offender, but they own a they own a tipic, a ticket scalping site. Ticketmaster does. And oh. you will find tickets to all of the shows that you find on Ticketmaster on their scalping site. 
Crazy. Wow. Someone's skimming the top. Yeah, I heard, <laughs> that's crazy. I heard some NPR thing about that at one point. Not not for that, for sports tickets too, but yeah. Totally. Just, Same game. Yeah, they're, that's crazy the way that works. So these are hard to get, but we got the slot for we them. We got them. Yeah, check it out. Um, it's going to be all over the place. There might be a decent amount of competition, but uh, if you think you could, if you think you want to do that show. Um, tell your friends too. Yeah, tell your friends. Um, cool. Well, uh, hit us up on our website, canvasagenda.com. Send us an email, um, info at canvasagenda.com. We'd, We'd love to hear from you, hear your questions. Yeah. Qu- or like any stories you think we missed from your area, stuff that's going on. If you think your area is a hot spot for, uh, you know, for cannabis related news, let us know. Or if you have any, you know, suggestions, please let us know. Um, you can call us two seven zero seven six five four can c a n n and please uh, uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook, um, and also mm-hmm. uh, subscribe to iTunes. So uh, we really appreciate you guys. We're so glad that you're all you're all out there listening and everything and uh, checking out um, what what we have to offer. So um, hopefully uh, y'all have a good week and best of luck to everyone that uh, gets in for the fish tickets. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we will uh, be catching up with everybody next week. See you next time. Peace and pot, everybody. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. 